Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, uh, men and women, boys and girls, children and people of all ages all around the world. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to a brand new week and a brand new edition of The Sea Report coming to you all live on this uh, Monday, January 17th, 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's safe to say that we are officially halfway, if not more so, through the first month of this year, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, yeah, it kind of seems like it's been quite a year, right, already? Like, uh, you could, if you could pack a full year into half a month, yeah, it's been pretty busy. Uh, we had a pretty full weekend on the uh, back of that, and uh, it's been uh, it's been quite fun, ladies and gentlemen. A good weekend indeed, and a good week to uh, start rounding up a few more headlines and stories and other uh, items of interest to share with you all as uh, we get this week going, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope everyone is doing well out there. We're doing pretty good here for a Monday, you know. I try and keep Mondays as my favorite days of the week because after all, ladies and gentlemen, if your favorite day's at the start, wait, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> if your favorite day's at the start, then that means it's all downhill from there, right? No, 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 we don't play that game here. We don't play that game here. Uh, yeah, we, we like to keep it nice and happy, nice and perky, nice and light all throughout, even when we're uh, dealing with some of those harrowing issues. And you know, the thing about it is that... Uh, uh, given today's political climate, um, you know, uh, it can be it can be kind of hard to stay on the chipper side. Uh, but we like to try and roll that way, keeping our chins up, putting our best foot forward, whichever foot that might be. And uh, and moving along, ladies and gentlemen, or powering through. Was that putting our heads down and powering through? Uh, but yes, uh, we got some. Uh, we got a good. So we got a good show for you guys tonight. We'll be doing uh, some Trump uh, statements uh, for us, as it were. We got a few of them to share with you guys tonight. Catching up a little bit on a couple of the statements that uh, he uh, handed to us uh, prior to the weekend. Now, President Trump was busy this weekend. Um, I think it's safe to say that, uh, yeah, he was a pretty busy man. Uh, we had the uh, President Trump Save America rally in Florence, Arizona that happened on Saturday. And uh, boy, what a rally that was. That was a great one, a great way to start the new year. A great first rally for 2022 for President Trump. It was jam-packed, and I don't just mean with all of the uh, patriots and uh our brothers and sisters of this country out there to show their support and uh, to uh, rally around our president. Uh, but also, you know, uh, he had a great, fantastic line of speakers uh, that were uh, that were really, really giving it to that audience out there, ladies and gentlemen. I would I would have to say, I don't know, some of my highlights uh, were probably Sonny Borelli. Uh, Borelli, he's a, he is a funny guy, you know what I mean? And I think... I think that uh I think that it's a great service to the people when you can get a politician or you can get an elected official or a lawmaker of some sort that can give his constituents a side of comedy. 
I think that's great. I think that's great. It just, uh, it makes the medicine easier to swallow. Uh, but of course, I mean, no one's saying no to Sonny Borelli's medicine, ladies and gentlemen, because after all, Sonny Borelli is prescribing a little bit of election integrity and a lot of election investigation uh, to ensure the health of this country stays where it needs to be. Of course, at this point, I would say uh, rock stars like Sonny Borelli and uh, Senator Rogers and Kelly Townsend and and the rest of those um, uh, esteemed and uh, I would say they're, they're exemplary, exemplary um, elected officials over in Arizona. Uh, I think they're serving up a lot more than medicine at this point. I think uh, those individuals, ladies and gentlemen, those uh, those fearless representatives of their constituents' voice, um, I think they really have, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the defibrillators out right now, ladies and gentlemen, as it were. Okay, we have not flatlined yet here in America because after all, on paper, uh, we are still a free country, but we know most rapidly uh, that uh, um, insidious individuals within our government, uh, those whom claim to be the voice of their representative people, we know that they are working hard, ladies and gentlemen, to take away our freedom and to destroy our country uh, by that means of bureaucratic slow roll and uh, law writing. It's a, it's a doozy, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you'll notice, guys, the number above my head. And, uh, you know, I'm not the kind of person that's going to do the type of uh, a broadcasting and shows that's going to be like, call now and you, or, you know, you know the directive uh, programming, I think is what they call it. But the number above my head is there for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. And that is the number to the Capitol switchboard. Now, could I fit every uh, representative's phone number? Uh, or senators uh, included in that group uh, on this screen. Well, you know, I would do that and make the job much easier. But, uh, you know, for an all-in-one, the switchboard is there. You know, if there's ever an issue, if there's ever a concern, if there's ever uh, a grievance that you might happen to uh, discover while you're watching this show, I say call that number, ladies and gentlemen. That's exactly what it is there for. And uh, let me tell you what, uh, I have a feeling that there will be an issue within tonight's episode that you will want to call for. Indeed, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of lawmakers are asking, begging, pleading for their constituents to make that phone call. But we will get to that story a little later on tonight. And it is a whopper, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you what, if the uh, the, the tricks and the uh, turns that uh, the Democrat progressives, the communists in disguise, if there is any type of scheme that they can come up with just to uh, try and pull one over on the American people, well, I think they've hit the bottom of the barrel with this one because I don't think... In any uh, recent history, or at least any history that I can remember, uh, that they have done something so egregious, uh, you know, so scandalous as uh, as uh, what they have done here and now. Now, you guys are probably thinking like, come on, Mr. C, he's they've been trying to, to rewrite election laws. And uh, come on, Mr. C, they've been trying to indoctrinate our children and turn them all into, I don't know, uh, like 
blood blood drinking vampire uh, you know drag queens I mean, that's where it seems like they're going sometimes with all of this and uh they leave a lot to the imagination, ladies and gentlemen, if they don't tell us our true intentions. But why else would they be, you know, indoctrinating our children with, you know, critical race theory, dividing up, you know, dividing up our children, uh, you know, from a very, very influential um, age uh, to, you know, uh, um, uh, believing that they have the right to teach your child about, uh, you know, uh, sex and gender and all of this confusing stuff at the tender young age of three or four. Well, we all know that by another word, ladies and gentlemen, and that is not education and that is not indoctrination. That is child abuse. So anyways, I, I'm willing to bet a lot of you guys out there have actually employed uh, the Capital Switchboard, for those reasons, nay. A lot of you people probably have the direct line to a lot of your representatives and senators, so I'm sure you guys will go that way. But for those of you who don't have it on hand, feel free to use that number. Uh, last I checked, it was accurate. All right, guys, so we are live here on this Monday, January 17th, 2022, as I said. We are coming to you live on multiple platforms uh, so that this way we can uh, cultivate the uh, the patriot and the America first uh, um, citizenry and audience out there, but also so that, uh, you know, we might continue to spread the news uh, and spread the current events in the most uh, truthful manner and the most uh, accurate manner that we can. That's right. When we go on other platforms here at the Sea Report, it's not about advertising and sharing this show. It's about getting the message out and I am but a vessel for that message, ladies and gentlemen. And so, well, there you have it. Uh, before we get underway with today's show, just so you guys know, I'm going to be doing a little bit more of those experimentations on the air. Uh, I, I will uh, preface the show again by saying I was told over the weekend uh, that, uh, you know, they enjoyed watching my show on, uh, on Twitch, which is one of the platforms that we run off here. Uh, but uh, they just could not take all of the commercials that were running during my show. And I was, well, I was like, well, you know, they weren't working, um, so I guess they are now. So uh, just so you guys know, we might do uh, one or two hard stops uh, during the show for a commercial break. But hey, it's just so that any of our viewers and any of our friends over at Twitch will not miss any vital information. So if you prefer to watch the show on Twitch, never you fear. Uh, we will we will do a, a brief intermission whenever that time comes. So this way you don't miss out on any information, uh, just to be fair. And then that means all you folks over there at places such as uh, the foxhole.app, at pill.net, at clouthub, and uh, wherever else we're streaming, uh, that uh, you, you're going to get to see some behind-the-scenes shenanigans with uh, Mr. C. And uh, we'll probably jump into the chat room and, uh, you know, see what's, see what's on y'all's mind. Okay, cool. So I just wanted to get that out of the way real quick, just in case you're wondering what the heck I'm doing and why I broke my, uh, my train of thought, right? Okay, cool. And then uh, let's see what else we got here. So, yeah, let's, let's just jump back to this weekend. So this way we can do that and then we can move forward with the rest of today's show. We had, uh, let's see, we had President Trump's rally on the weekend. Like I said, uh, uh, a very, very full, full night of, uh, I mean, these things just charge me up whenever uh, President Trump has a rally. I'm sure a lot of you all feel the same. There's never, uh, there's never a want for more things, you know, uh, than whenever President Trump is having a rally. We're, I think we all leave pretty satisfied. 
Um, okay, okay, I take it back. Yeah, maybe there is one or two things that, you know, certain patriots out there would uh, prefer to hear about at uh, President Trump's rally. But hey, guys, I know what you're waiting for. Uh, you're not waiting for President Trump to uh, put in his bid for the 2024 race. I mean, Lord knows, even though that is the way that it seems to be moving in an optical point of view, maybe it's just uh, publicity. Uh, What did they say? Uh, that uh, misinformation would be necessary. Uh, so uh, I know we're we're waiting for him to you know to really pull out all those stops and uh, and lock them up, so to speak. And uh, that was definitely a theme that ran through the uh, that ran through the uh, uh, rally on Saturday, particularly when we had Carrie Lake take the stage. Uh, Carrie Lake is quite the firebrand for uh, conservative um, and dare I say GOP. I would rather say America first uh, candidates out there. Uh, she's truly unlike any of the other candidates across the board in uh, how vocal she is and uh, how much confidence and assurance that she speaks with. Uh, and that's not to say that any of the other America First candidates out there are not confident. Uh, they most definitely are, because look, after all, they are standing up against an ageless establishment that has uh, totally, totally uh, taken this country and pulled the blanket, pulled the sheet, pulled the tablecloth right out from underneath us, uh, leaving us standing there on bare floor. And that bare floor is uh, is the paper that's uh, keeping our freedoms in check because Lord knows with all of the tyrannical overreach uh, and uh, the breaking of laws, just everything else, the preponderance of, uh, of misgivings and uh, bad behavior that we're seeing on the part of these so-called um, uh, God-loving and, uh, you know, uh, America-fearing, oh, I got that backwards, God-fearing and America-loving uh, representatives, they are not doing that job whatsoever. Uh, but Carrie Lake did really, really well. Uh, she got a very, very nice uh, praise from uh, President Trump. It's almost like her fourth or fifth endorsement by him. Nah, just kidding. Uh, it's probably like her third or fourth one from President Trump, but well-deserved. I think she will do well uh, for the state of you know Arizona um, when she's elected. Uh, I don't see anyone else right now that's really uh, that really has as great of a chance that she does, uh, particularly when you look at that crowd. The crowd that was there at the Trump rally. Now, I'm already hearing that that was probably the biggest rally in attendance so far since President Trump started holding his rallies again post-election uh, coup in uh, November 3, 2020. Um, a very, very big rally. And, you know, the funny thing about it is uh, we were live streaming here on Mr. C TV and the Mr. C channels, uh, the event. And I remember seeing uh, at some point, you know, uh, probably within an hour or two of uh, President Trump's uh, taking the stage, uh, like a whole section of empty seats. But apparently, I don't know, uh, you know, the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media is running around out there telling everyone that no one went. And I, I what is it where they think they can get away with these lies? You know, um, Americans are not as lazy as they used to be. And I would have to say, especially in regards to information, 
Uh, and uh, also, uh, they're a little burnt. You know, they are a little burnt, and uh, they are not going to listen to what the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media has to say all the time. Um, I, I think they're more willing to check the sources, first of all, even if that means that they have to wander off into, uh, you know, um, a patriot's backyard on the internet and look at some of the videos of the rally. I think it's also very safe to say uh, that the media is doing its uh, its own diligence in ensuring that none of this gets out. Uh, it does remind me of the uh, January 20th, no, sorry, January 6th event. Uh, as I recall, uh, you know, uh, being on the ground and, and sharing all of the images, sharing the, the, the people, sharing our brothers and sisters uh, gathered there at the Capitol, uh, and I was just getting just, you know, um, message after message after message, like, where are you at? What's going on? Uh, and of course, all of these associates or previous associates would have been of the liberal kind. I mean, you know, what can you do, right? Uh, and uh, that, that is to say that even though, even though by 6 p.m. that night, the media was blowing up your television with uh, false narratives of patriots, uh, you know, rioting, ransacking the Capitol in an attempted insurrection, uh, any time before that, no one had any idea, particularly if you listen to the mainstream, lamestream fake news media, that there was even anything going on in Washington, D.C. that day. And uh, I think uh, they do the same thing with President Trump's rallies. You're not going to hear about it on your local news unless you're in Arizona. Uh, then the only thing you're going to hear in Arizona, at least for that day, would have been uh, from the uh, leftist uh, shill um, propagandized and bought out controlled media. I don't think I've ever seen a more controlled media than that of Arizona. Uh, they just, it, it is, it is insane how prevalent the propaganda, the lies are from the local press in Arizona. Uh, and indeed, as I was also going through, uh, you know, some of the uh, stories and headlines and, and searching today, um, all of the, uh, all of the articles from Arizona that are local, like they're all, all hidden behind paywalls. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, this is a capitalist country, right? One does need to, uh, to, to find a way to make a buck. And if you're good at it, well, good for you. But, um, I mean, you know, uh, this is information. Information should be free. And, and I, frankly, I believe that uh, they, they put those paywalls up on local media, AZ Central, uh, you know, and uh, was it the Republic? And all those other types of uh, um, outlets there in Arizona, uh, because they've got a lot of information to hide. You know, they've got a lot of inf information to hide, especially since they've been ground zero in this election, uh, election uh, integrity battle, this election fraud scheme that they're, um, they're basically being complicit in with covering up. Uh, so yeah, Arizona, man, your press is poisoned. Uh, so hopefully, you know, they can get some true free press out there in Arizona. But uh, for those for uh, those who uh, suffer through that, at least uh, the rest of us nationwide have other outlets that we can uh, we can get that information from. And indeed, uh, the president's rally on Saturday uh, was covered, I think, by uh, was live streamed, I should say, by more big networks than have been in his previous ones. I know they had Newsmask, 
I call it news mask. Sorry, guys. News mask. I'm not going to apologize. News mask. That is what they are. Uh, you know, because after all, uh, their uh, their owners and their producers just lose it when you talk about election fraud. You know, I, that makes me curious if they actually, uh, you know, censored any of President Trump's speech. What would news mask have done if President Trump started talking about Dominion? That's a good question right there, you know, because after all, they're afraid of Dominion. I'll tell you who's not afraid of Dominion, but a little bit later on in the show, because we've got some more subpoenas going after Dominion, uh, and it should be rather interesting, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) When we get to that story, it's just, it's a great story, guys. I just, I really am enjoying the man who is sticking it to them, as it were, so to speak. Uh, so yeah, so, you know, we had news mask covering it. We had OAN, we had, well, I call it OANN, the one American news network. Anyways, uh, also we have RSBN who is covering it. Uh, so, uh, those three great channels. And of course, uh, president Trump's own personal, uh, rumble page had that live streaming, but, uh, I think in the past it's only been pr- pretty much OSB, uh, RSBN and OAN that have been covering it. So, uh, kudos to those two networks who continue to do a wonderful job of providing an outlet for American uh, patriot, well, American patriots, people who love America, uh, to uh, to get to see, to have a venue, to have a platform where they can actually uh, watch a President Trump rally and not have to worry about you know anything uh, going sideways. Which makes me even wonder because if you guys saw President Trump's rally. He absolutely kept on calling out that media, right? And I'm like, what media is here? CNN is here? Fox is here? And I'm not doubting the president, but I'm just like, they're not covering this. They're not broadcasting it or live streaming it. So why are they sending their goons to go uh, do a head count, maybe? I mean, I don't know if anyone at CNN can count that high, but, uh, you know, uh, it just... It is it is an interesting, interesting, uh, interesting thing. In fact... Um, you know what really surprised me about this, guys? And um, I was not... this. Uh, people are going to be like, Mr. C, this was your highlight. <laughs> this was your highlight of the show. Uh, when President Trump came out, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, they were playing the Death March, or I would say, the de- you know, doing my searches, President Trump Death March, Florence, Arizona, couldn't find squat, duh, Mr. C. It's called the Funeral March. Uh, it's, it startled me guys. It, I mean, I was like, if that bell went off, you know, and I was expecting the undertaker to pop out of a casket. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm going to share it with you guys. Cause I, <laughs> let's just check out this intro. This intro was unlike any intro that, uh, I've seen with president Trump. It was very dramatic. And, uh, you know, I kept on trying to figure out what does it mean, you know, Mr. C, why is President Trump coming out here with, uh, with this, uh, this, this cadre of, of macabre music? And I don't know, I didn't, I didn't go see any decoder shows and see what anyone else thought about it. Uh, but, uh, uh, Lord knows I was searching, uh, prior to, I was like, is there some kind of hitting meaning? I mean, when you basically, you look at it, it is, uh, the death of the Democrat party, uh, the death of the will of the globalists and the communists that have infected and, uh, tried to destroy this nation. Oh, so it's very austere, ladies and gentlemen. What a way to start a show. It sent chills up my spine. Uh, Take a gander.
And then, yeah, I guess it goes off. Um, President Trump's personal feed was having a little bit of problems there that day. Uh, so uh, that that is about that. I think we've made our point. If I had been in the audience that day, ladies and gentlemen, I guarantee I probably would have messed myself. And uh, it would have been hard to have gotten out of that audience and then to find a porta potty. And then, of course, there's no telling what those porta potties would have looked like. Probably like the inside of my underoos. Uh, by the time I got there. So yeah, I mean, uh, um, now uh, there was another video that they were playing prior to this with the death mar the funeral march. It was just very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. An interesting night, I have to say. Um, a good night though, you know, uh, a good night indeed. Uh, I think we all heard a little bit of what we wanted to hear. And we did not hear things that we did not want to hear. That's for sure. I think you guys know what I'm talking about whenever I say that. Uh, but yeah, good speakers all around. Uh, a lot of stuff to dig into if you're into that kind of a thing. Uh, you know, President Trump coming out without a tie and his head, his hat tucked low. Boy, the speculation abounds. But, uh, you know, for all that inside baseball stuff and uh, I don't know, it's, I guess it just makes for a good mythology of uh of this time right i guess that's that's uh kind of why that's kind of fun to do uh but uh, i would say nonetheless um a lot could be derived from that uh rally on saturday and if you had any doubt that president trump will be uh running again at some point and or assuming office uh, i would say those doubts should go away um, so that was what was going on on Saturday over here in our neck of the woods, which is, you know, my side of the screen, not uh, Arizona. I'm in Texas, guys. So in Texas, though, uh, we actually uh, we had a pretty good day on Sunday in Texas as well. Um, we had uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, who is currently uh, running for governor for the state of Texas, uh, hop on down for a visit. Uh, he was actually up in Copperas Cove, Texas. And uh, he was uh, paying, paying a visit, uh, doing a meet and greet for the, uh, the local uh, uh, citizens there of Copper's Cove. Now, uh, Mr. C, who is, uh, that's me, who is, I'm approximately like, what, two and a half to three hours away from Copper's Cove, um, had an invite to go up and check out uh, Mr. Alan West. You know, I get to get a chance to meet the man uh, that uh, I'm going to be voting for for governor. Um, now... According to recent polls, I think as uh, recent as January 14th, uh, Lieutenant, I almost said Governor Allen West, uh, uh, Lieutenant Allen West actually is in the lead uh, versus Rhino Greg Abbott. I think that uh, Rhino has a ring to it when we're talking about uh, Governor Abbott, and it's definitely a ring that's wrapped around his neck. Uh, he is an establishment rhino. So, uh, you know, it was a very good afternoon. It was a beautiful day. Uh, there were many more people in attendance that I would have imagined, uh, which made me feel good, you know, but I should never have doubted the people of Texas because even though uh, a lot of information surrounding the governor's race uh, for this year, uh, and indeed in any election, unless it's a presidential election, we don't get much information about elections. Uh, there's a lot of information suppression and a lot of neglect that are given to uh, the people of Texas. And I'm sure this is the same all throughout the country uh, so that we don't get the information that we need. You know, uh, I even expressed that very thought to uh, um, a, 
keep on wanting to say Governor Allen West. I keep, I even expressed that thought to uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel West, um, and uh, you know he ha- he he much agreed with me in that regard. Uh, so yeah, you know I had intended to live stream uh, actually this event. Uh, we had Lieutenant uh, Colonel Allen West uh, in uh, in the house, so to speak, uh, and we also had a few other speakers um, that were in attendance uh, that day. Uh, but, you know, even though I did not get to live stream it, and I do apologize for those whom uh, might have been waiting because I mentioned I would. Uh, sincerest apologies, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, I was able to, uh, I was able actually to um, actually record a little bit of uh, of his, uh, of the speech that he gave. So um, with that said, I'm actually going to share it with you guys now. Very, very good speech. And uh, he's focusing on a lot of, uh, a lot of issues right now. If you're to catch uh, Alan West on a, an interview or in a podcast or something like that. Uh, right now, uh, one of his main concerns is the veterans, ladies and gentlemen, uh, especially since a new report was released, uh, finding that uh, suicide is uh, abnormally high right now. And that is, uh, that is indeed a, a great concern um, because that, uh, that's a very big indicator of uh, how those um, men and women who served our country um, are being treated uh, by uh, by those who should be, you know, uh, lauding them and holding them up and taking care of them. Uh, so let's uh, let's 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 roll this beautiful bean footage of uh, Alan West in Copper's Cove, Texas, uh, for a marvelous event, a marvelous meet and greet with uh, local supporters in the uh, in uh, in the area. Let's see if we got that going. And uh, all right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's let it roll. Running constitutional republic that the world has ever known. And that's why I tell so many folks, so goes Texas, so goes America. And so goes America, so goes the entire free world. And therefore, so goes Texas, so goes the free world. You saw what just happened yesterday up there in Colleyville, Texas, not too far away from where I live. I live up in Garland. But you kind of got to ask yourself, how did an individual that's a Pakistani national, that's on a terrorist list, that has connections to terrorism, the same name as a person that is locked up in Fort Worth for terrorism, get into the United States of America, get into Texas, get a gun and walk in and take people hostage on their Sabbath day. See, that's why we can talk about the property taxes. I just think we need to transition back to a consumption-based tax, and therefore you can own your home here in Texas once again. We can talk about the critical race theory, which is really cultural Marxism. I will tell you, you will not be seeing your Texas taxpayer dollars go to any independent school district that wants to indoctrinate your child. You're here. You're supposed to be educating our children. We can talk about your medical freedom. And I will tell you right now, and in Texas, if you allow me to be your governor, we're not going to have edicts, orders, mandates, and decrees. We're going to get back to the rule of law. We're going to get back to individual rights, freedoms, liberty, and sovereignty. We're not going to tell people like Monty his business has to shut down and somebody else's business can stay open. We're not going to have anybody think that they can tell you as an individual citizen what must be ejected to your body. If you lose control of your body, what do you have control of? 
That's not going to happen in Texas. But the number one most important thing that we have got to get right in Texas is our board. This month, January, is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Month. Yesterday, I was down in Houston. I was emceeing an event. It was put on by Childproof America. It was a National Human Trafficking Summit. And why? Because we're sitting, we're living in the number one state in the United States of America for human and sex trafficking. I know we got the Cowboys playing today. We want them to all win. We'd love to see them win the Super Bowl. We'd love to be number one. We should not want to be number one in human and sex trafficking. Houston and Dallas are the top two cities in the entire country for sex trafficking. Texas is the number one, number three city in the United States of America for missing children. That's why we got to do better on our board. That's why we have to get back to the rule of law. The men and women that we have sent down to the border, asking them to protect, we've got to give them the right mission, the task and purpose. Hey, how many of you all ever wanted to work for a boss when he asked you to do something and you said, well, sir, you know, can I get further guidance? And they said, well, I don't know what I really want. Just go out there and do something. I'll let you know if, if I like it or not. Nobody wanted to work for a boss that couldn't give you clear commander's intent and guidance, task and purpose, mission focus. But in the past two months, five Texas National Guard soldiers have committed suicide. Just yesterday, a suicide was thwarted. That's two. Because they don't understand their mission. They don't understand their task and purpose. They don't understand why they're down there other than to be a political optic. Because I don't know if you've been down to the border, but I've seen the National Guard troops down there just allowing the illegals to come across and watching them get on buses. And oh, by the way, during the Christmas holiday season, six airplanes took off out of Texas and landed in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Pennsylvania Airport with illegal immigrants. Prior to that, they were landing in the middle of the night in Westchester County, New York. Prior to that, they were landing in the middle of the night in Jacksonville, Florida. Prior to that, they were landing in the middle of the night in Tennessee. That's how Texas, if we don't protect our border, we're destabilizing the rest of the United States of America. Last year was the number one year for drug overdoses in the United States of America. Over 100,000, mostly young people, overdosed on drugs. Which one primarily? Fentanyl. And where does fentanyl come from? It comes from China. That's the ingredients. But then it's shipped down to the cartels. They manufacture it, they refine it, and it comes across. If we don't protect our border, we've got a drug trafficking crisis. We have a human and sex trafficking crisis. We have a public health crisis. I find it interesting that we're being told as citizens that we have to get something injected into our bodies. But people, by the hundreds of thousands, coming across the border every month, do not have to have anything injected into their body. That has to stop. We want people to come to Texas. We want you to come and knock on the front door. We don't want you to come in the back door. And if you're coming here from California, Illinois, New York, and New Jersey, we want you to come here and be a part of what Texas is. Not try to make us like the failed place that you just left. And we've got to make sure that we protect your safety and security in your home, 
outside your home. The cartels, that's a business organization. Those of you that have been to Iraq and Afghanistan, we're fighting a terrorist organization right here in Texas. The Taliban over in Afghanistan use opium. The cartels here use fentanyl, methamphetamine, cocaine, heroin, marijuana. That's why here in Texas, we're going to designate them as a terrorist organization. Yeah. And when we designate them as a terrorist organization, we're going to go after their funding. We're going to go after their resources. There are banks here in the state of Texas that have cartel money. If you're a bank doing business with a cartel, you're doing business with a terrorist organization. You're aiding and abetting terrorism. Just down the road in San Antonio last week, there was a truck driver that answered a call on TikTok, one of these Instagram, to pick up illegal immigrants and transport them into San Antonio. And he was caught. If you're a citizen that is helping, aiding and abetting a terrorist organization, you're going to be treated just like that. And we're going to seize your assets. We're going to use all these assets that we're seizing for our own border security fund. Because we're going to make sure that our National Guard is not down there without enough ammunition. They're not going to be down there without enough body armor. They're not going to be down there relieving themselves on the side of the road because they don't have porta potties. That's not how you take care of troops. If you know my reputation, I always put my troops first. These non-governmental organizations are the ones down there giving them bus tickets, plane tickets, $1,300, $1,400 of taxpayer money, Catholic charities, Lutheran ministries, so that they can fly off or get on buses and disperse throughout Texas and the country. We're going to revoke their licenses to operate in Texas. They're a 501 not-for-profit organization. That's all you have to do. It's nothing hard about that. Look, folks, I ain't a real smart guy. I used to jump out of airplanes in the Army. I did a lot. Stay in the plane, it's a red light. Jump out of the plane, it's a green light. When politicians come down and they tell you, you know, this is real hard. We can't solve it. We can't make it happen. We can't get it done. You know what is the hardest thing that I've seen to get done in life? Changing the engine of an M1 Abrams tank in the middle of winter in Korea. Now, that's hard. But fixing our border ain't hard. It takes courage. It takes understanding the rule of law. And all of these folks that are here in Texas illegally, I mean, we're compassionate people. But if you're here illegally and you think you're going to continue to work under the table and ship money back to Honduras, Mexico, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Guatemala, you're going to tax the remittances that they send back. They already do that in the state of Oklahoma. They do it at 1%. Texas is 10 times better than Oklahoma. So we're going to tax it at 10%. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. No more taxpayer-funded benefits to people that are here illegally. No more in-state tuition for people that are here illegally. Because if you put out the magnets, people are going to come. But I want you to understand something. That all the things that I'm saying, it doesn't make a hill of beans if you don't get out and participate in this electoral process. 31 January is the end of voter registration for this primary. 14 February starts early voting. We're less than a month from early voting starting. And I've had some people come up to me today and say, I didn't know you were running for governor. I announced last July. Mm -hmm. It is our apathy. It is our complacency that will kill us here in Texas. And it will kill us in the United States of America. 
you know someone that's not registered to vote, get them registered to vote. Voter registrar. <laughs> and mostly, they're Christians. If you go to a website called My Faith Votes, it'll tell you that on average, in a presidential election cycle, 25 million Christians don't vote. In a non-presidential election cycle, that number goes up to 65 million across the country. What type of election cycle is this? It's a non-presidential election cycle. If you don't get out and support the candidates that you want to see be in these positions, this is the time when you pick your fantasy football team. to make. Yeah, you laugh, but this is real. This is serious. You're getting the opportunity in a primary to pick your fantasy football team that will play in the real Super Bowl. The real Super Bowl is not February. The real Super Bowl for us here in Texas therefore for America is in November 2022. Here are the states. If you lose a Super Bowl game, you still get to collect your check, go to the locker room, whatever. But if we lose this Super Bowl, we're going to lose the greatest gift that God gave the entire world, the United States of America and the great state of Texas. Mm -hmm. That's what's at stake. Let me close by saying this. Mark Twain once said there are two most important days of your life. He said, number one is the day that you're born. And number two is the day that you find out why. Every single one of us that served in uniform would probably tell you what that second most important day is. For me, that second most important day came. January 1985, as a young airborne second lieutenant, I was stationed out of Vincenzo. We had just finished the combat in the city's uh, rotation up there in, in Berlin with the Berlin Brigade. And we got that one day. That one day to put on our spit shot jump boots, our dress green uniform, our maroon beret. And we went through a little narrow defile called Checkpoint Charlie. How many people here have ever been through Checkpoint Charlie and seen the other side? And when you see the other side, that's when you realize why you were born. That's when you realize why I'm in this uniform. That's when you realize why I have to stand on freedom's ramparts. So what is that second most important day in your life? You know, I remember a day, the 6th of March of 1836, 183, just right down the road, at a place called the Alamo. They found out their second most important day in their lives. And it was on the day that they gave their lives so that we could be here today. That's the level of sacrifice and commitment you got to have in your heart. Failure is not an option. As Gene Kranz said on that Apollo mission down in Houston. Your children and your grandchildren will not judge you based upon how many houses you had, how many cars you had, or the size of your bank account. Your children and grandchildren will judge you on whether or not you left them liberty and freedom. That's why this election cycle is a critical one for Texas, for America, and for all freedom-loving people. So God bless you all. Thank you for coming out.
website, westfortexas.com. We got our own app now. I'm a simple guy, so y'all figure that out. <laughs> but I am this. I'm a fighter. And I think Texas needs a fighter right now. Not someone that's going to use our troops as political optics. Not someone that's going to tell you that you have to stay home, even though you're healthy. Not someone that's going to shut down your businesses. You just need someone that's been on that front line before and is willing to be back on the front line again. God bless you all. God bless you. All right, guys. Pretty good stuff there, huh? Uh, I'm very excited about Abbott. I mean, Abbott who? About Abbott going and leaving, uh, leaving this uh, place behind. Uh, that is uh, the office of uh, the governor. Uh, Abbott's got to go. You know, I'm not a. I'm not one to flip flop once I figure things out. Uh, but uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, what? Uh, what um, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West is uh, providing for us, I think, um, is something to look forward to. And we definitely got to get that Rhino Abbott out of, uh, out of office, guys. Like, he's got to go, okay? And um, it, it, was, it was a real pleasure to get to meet and shake hands uh, and take a picture uh, with Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. I dare say that's not the last that you are going to see of him here at the Sea Report. That is for sure. Uh, but real quick, I'm going to jump into chat because uh, it's been long now. Uh, thank you, D uh, D Patriot seventeen seventy six Relanon and Shanjo for uh, gifting the cookies and tossing them this way. Uh, and uh, I, there's a few that are off the uh, screen now that I can no longer see. Uh, but thank you again, just the same. Uh, some chat coming in about uh, Mr. Uh, Lieutenant uh, Governor Allen West. Now I got to say too, you know, while we're on the topic, um, because I I am supporting Allen West at this point. Um, um, there are two other candidates that I'm aware of in the GOP. Uh, one of them I like, he's a funny guy. Um, but, um, I, I don't know. I don't know how far he would take, uh, he would take, um, the race, I guess you could say. And then the, uh, the other one, Don Huffines, I just, I, I cannot find a, a trust in that man, even though I do like some of his points of view on policy. Uh, but as far as, uh, Lieutenant Governor Allen Weston, I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, we'll have a chance to ask him some more pointed questions about, uh, specific policies and, uh, concerns that we have here in the state of Texas. But, um, you know, one of the things that he brought up most recently uh, that that just really, truly resonated, ladies and gentlemen, um, was the fact that uh, we have a whole host of corruption in our judicial system, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm pretty sure that uh, all of you in the audience are aware of that. Uh, we, we've heard stories, we've seen movies about that corrupt judge who's in the pockets of someone or someone stuffing his pockets or, you know, uh, maybe they were just, uh, they were just born that way. Uh, but but one has to wonder, what is the remedy for that? Because after all, when we're talking about uh, um, a political body that is divided into three main houses so as to provide as so as to provide checks and balances against each other, you know, we can deal with a corrupt executive, right? We can deal with a corrupt legislative, most definitely. 
but a corrupt judiciary, ladies and gentlemen, a bench of corrupt judges is a lot harder to deal with than the other two branches um, of government. Uh, because after all, these are the people who rule on what is law and what is not. And everything within that category that falls beneath that, uh, you know, you can't pass, you, you can pass a law all you want, but it's just going to go to the Supreme Court or it's just going to go into appeals or it's just going to go, you know, somewhere else where it can be turned down. So we have very corrupt judges and it, uh, I'm sure some of you Texans out there can think of a corrupt judge in your neck of the woods. And, uh, you know, I kind of think about uh, the judges in, um, in uh, the Houston area, for example, uh, where they're having this um, 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 2020 election audit, right, in one of their counties over there. And they the judges did not waste time going to work finding out how to fight against election fraud. And then, of course, in most of the metropolitan areas in the state of Texas, in regards to uh, um, um, Governor Abbott's um, uh, executive orders regarding the vaccines and the mask mandates. We had corrupt judges going to work trying to find out how to stop those executive orders from applying. So we have corrupt judges that do not follow the rule of law. And uh, I've I've uh, been uh, I've been supportive of uh, Gov- um, Governor West. I've been supportive of Governor West uh, pretty much since I found out about him. In fact, uh, I, I had a friend there who actually uh, recommended him at a point. And um, well, you know, I was like, I like what this man is saying. Uh, I shook the man's hand. Um, yeah, I looked into his eyes. But 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 forget that, guys. Um, he's the only one that I have heard who has talked about how we're going to address the issue of corrupt judges, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't know how this rolls for the other 49 states in this union, uh, but um, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West said that within the Texas Constitution, there is a provision wherein the governor can absolutely impeach a judge and remove them from the bench if they are found to be corrupt. I've never heard any other governor, and in my lifetime, there's probably only been about three or four. Uh, never have I heard about that. And I, I expressed to, uh, to uh, Lieutenant Colonel West that uh, I'm partly to blame for not educating myself in that regard. And um, well, I, I got to say, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I mean, he, he went easy on me. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, but, but again, you know, uh, that is something that I would expect him to enact uh, once elected. And at the same time, you know, um, well, I mean, that, that, is, that, is, that is what this is all about. So that was a, that was a very good thing to hear, you know, uh, on top of, uh, you know, recognizing uh, cartels as terrorist organizations so that their assets can be frozen and seized. And uh, we can really take them to it, you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and, and hold them to task and really find a way to stop what's going on. So if you ask me, this man, his, he's more in danger than anything else uh, when we're talking about uh, his position and uh, what he's doing. 
But we'll see how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. I am uh, I am most definitely uh, looking forward to the rest of it. Uh, Chad Prather, I think you're a good man, and I think you are hella funny, and I think you would do a good job. Um, but I think at this moment, um, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is where I would like to be. Now, you guys, you guys can make up your own minds for yourselves out there. But, uh, well, we'll see how that rolls as long as we get Abbott out at this point because he is a good old boy, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we're trying to get that entire... Uh, entire family of Goldo boys out of here. Uh, it's not a country club at the state house, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as privileged as anyone who gets elected would like to think. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. There was a question in the audience if uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West would be uh, present and accounted for at uh, President Trump's next rally, which is coming up in two weeks in Conroe, Texas, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're down there, Conroe, Texas... Well, I think you guys should look forward uh, to it. Most definitely try. Now, two weeks is not enough time for me to scramble all of my funds and stuff together to get my booty down to Conroe. Uh, but we'll see what happens. You never know. You never know what could happen. But, uh, you know, President Trump did, you know, endorse, uh, you know, Governor Abbott. And I kind of feel like when uh, President Trump um, called for a forensic audit in the state of Texas, he was kind of uh, calling in a favor, if you know what I mean. Uh, but we'll see how that goes, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm already uh, surprised by some of the results of the uh, some of the results of the um, the audits that they've uh, performed in our state so far. Now, as far as um, as far as, uh, you know, uh, um, any type of corruption or any type of, you know, uh, uh, betrayal that um, Lieutenant Colonel Allen uh, West has done. I mean, one would have to examine his his voting record when he served as a member of Congress in Florida. And then, of course, uh, going back to where he was uh, in the state house here in Texas before he resigned, I believe, as the chair chairman of the House. Um, uh, to run for governor, you know, uh, but so far I'm, uh, I'm perfectly content with that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm just gonna go through a couple more comments real quick. Uh, there's a primary, uh, this is the MAGA show. Uh, sorry, I can't read that one. Uh, good evening, Texas gal. Hey, whiskey blue. How you doing, sir? Good evening. I like that Patriot 1776 says MAGA is still going to MAGA with or without President Trump. And that is a fact, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, we have been activated. And, uh, you know, regardless of uh, how the uh, mainstream, lamestream fake news legacy media or big tech might try and clamp down on uh, the MAGA movement or the Make America Great Again movement, I would say the Save America, America First movement um, they're not going to be able to get rid of us because, uh, when one, uh, when one's knocked off, one pops up. I mean, it just seems to be going that way these days. Uh, I don't see any other good contenders, you know, for, uh, conservative, um, conservative, uh, you know, governor right now. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know. Willie Nelson will run or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, okay, uh, so m moving right along, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, West, oh, y'all are talking about um, West and where he's from. Yes, he is from Florida. Dpatriot76 says, uh, born in Georgia, served in Florida. That is true. I mean, uh, I, what would I really worry about? 
Well, I mean, as a lieutenant colonel, you know, like, uh, what if he's part of that military industrial complex of warmongering, you know, war hawk rhinos, right? Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, he talks a lot about cleaning up the state house and, uh, well, we'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you know, I was able actually to speak with a few other of the, uh, candidates that were present at this, uh, um, um, Alan West event. Uh, so, uh, we got some good stuff coming up for you guys, some stuff to look forward to in the future. And then of course, uh, uh my gratitude a- absolutely is extended to, uh, Joey Afaji, who is actually running for a uh, County judge in uh, Copperas Cove over there in Coriel County, uh, as he set up this event and I dragged my butt all the way up to Copperas Cove. Um, by way of the speak and easy just to, uh, to attend. It was a great time guys. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll do some Texas talk guys. Cause after all, uh, the C report, we're not all about Texas here. We got a lot of the nation to cover as well as tonight. And, uh, we'll, we'll look forward to a, a new episode of Lone Star news coming at you guys soon. So that this way, uh, all for all of my Texas residents and friends out there, we can barrel into cleaning up our own backyard and keeping up with the headlines and news in that regard. Um, okay. Uh, Captain Longborder says, Abbott could be stronger. Is he a borderline... Re- no, no. Abbott's an absolute rhino. Um, the way I see it, guys, is the way that Texas politics runs where they set everything up before the, before the session starts and they knock them down knowing exactly what bills are going to pass and what bills are not going to pass. Uh, it's total theater here in Texas. Texas is deep Rhinoville. Deep Rhinoville. Um, and a rhino is much more dangerous than a Democrat. Even a scared and cornered Democrat, a rhino is much more dangerous because they uh, they put on an entire show. They put on an entire uh, um, uh, fake persona in order for us to believe it. Uh, but anything good that Rab- uh, rabbit, anything good that Abbott has done for the state, um, you know, I, you know, I, I will thank the man, you know, thank you for, uh, talking good on the border. You've been here for how long now? Uh, because even prior to, uh, President Trump's advocacy for, uh, the border, you know, um, he really could have been doing something about it prior to that. It's just that it wasn't so obvious and in your face as, uh, it is with Joe Biden, uh, assuming the office as, uh, the resident clown in chief. Um, and they've exacerbated and blown that up so much uh, that it's it's rather obvious. Uh, it is rather obvious what is going on now. I think that was part of the plan, quite honestly. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. I mean, think about it, guys. Uh, he got nothing passed on the vaccine mandates. He got nothing passed. Uh, he did an executive order on the mask mandates, but uh, you, that was, uh, I mean, no one in Texas wears a mask anymore unless you're like, uh, I don't know, in Austin, uh, basically. And um, uh, accepting money from the pharmaceutical companies that uh, sell castration chemical drugs uh, for children is is just also kind of unacceptable. So uh, we'll see, guys. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll talk more Texas politics in a little bit. Um, Let's see here. Texas gal says, I have followed West since Operation Iraqi Freedom. I have much respect for him. He leaves no one behind. Uh, just look it up. He was born in Georgia. Oh, born Georgia. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Captain Longborder. Mr. C was social studies class. Huh? Uh, 
If that is a fact, Captain Longboarder, you'll need to inbox me here on pill.net. And uh, let me know what's going on there, huh? Okay, uh, let's see here what else is going on before we jump back into the rest of the show, because that was about that as far as uh, the pre-show goes. Um, Let's see here. Just looked it up. West was very critical of Jeb Bush in uh, Florida. Yeah, that's a good thing to know there. And uh, I I would not put uh, West in the same boat as the Bushes. I think that would be uh, I think that would be a mistake. Uh, hey, Jane Jetson, what's going on? Thank you for gifting the can. Totally agree. Um, Abbott needs to go. He does, guys. And, and uh, yeah, partly it is uh, the Foxhole community that opened up my eyes to that. Um, because that's, uh, that is a, uh, that, that was, that was, I, I told Alan West myself, I said, look, I voted for Abbott twice. Uh, but since that time, uh, a lot of things have, uh, have come up that uh, kind of opened my eyes to what uh, was going on. We got a commenter over here at um, Twitch. Hey, guys, by the way, at Twitch, uh, I apologize for not doing a hard stop on that commercial. Um, I assumed that my dashboard would tell me uh, when a commercial was coming up. I was wrong. Uh, so uh, we'll work on that for the next one. So that way you guys don't miss out on anything. Uh, but Black Labrador, good evening. 20 says, uh, yes, clean up that backyard. Find a way to close the border since the feds refuse. And that is what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and the same thing with Abbott, you know, uh, as this is an election year, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, got that border wall started right before we hit the ballot box, right? That's what I'm kind of thinking. Um, and uh, let's see here. I just want to catch you guys' comments before we move along, because I don't know if we'll have a moment to uh, to stop and uh, to say hello. Um, hey, the Texan, what's going on, sir? How you doing? Good to see you in the chat room. Pilled by the rabbit. How are you, my friend? Uh, and let's see. Captain Border says, I was born in Texas, but I am stuck in... Where are you stuck at? I am stuck in... Oh, I lost you. I lost you, sir. Oh, stuck in communist state of New... Oh, wait, wait, wait. That is uh, the Patriot. Oh, you're stuck in the People's Republic of New York. Oh, lordy. Well, we all know they've gone pretty commie over there in New York. Uh, Jane Jetson says Soros-funded judges. That is something that uh, West also acknowledged. He said, uh, he talked about the district attorneys that came in and they had their campaigns uh, supported by George Soros. So he's he's aware, in my view, of the bigger picture and he's not afraid to uh, say a name like George Soros and, uh, you know, uh, be fearful of any type of... Um, um, any type of uh, rebuttal, uh, like, oh, only uh, tinfoil hats and conspiracy theorists talk about George Soros. He's very well aware of George Soros as a threat to this country, and he's looking to uh, take care of that by way of impeachment, sir. Uh, And uh, ma'am, and let's see here, what else we got going on? Uh, sorry to hear that. Oh yeah. Copy it. Uh, the Texan says, I still support Ken Paxton. I sure do indeed. Uh, I do as well, buddy, you know, and he was at the Trump rally in Arizona and I was like, what are you doing over there? Uh, I did, we didn't get to hear his interview, but, uh, you know, uh, Paxton still seems like a pretty straight, a straight shooter to me. Uh, I know there's people that say he could do more, but, you know, we all say that about uh, people who serve that they can always do more. Um, but we are grateful for what they do at uh, at the time, at least. 
Um, uh, let's see, real quick. Oh, hey, WC Crane Up. What's going on, sir? Good to see you. Camping out in West Oregon, it looks like. Yeah, it was a fun event, Texas Gal. It's great to see you in the chat room again, Texas Gal. Um, let's see here, but Precise Cascade Mountains. Uh... Yes, Captain Longborder. According to the Texas Constitution, a governor can absolutely remove a corrupt judge. I've never heard about that before, but I guess that's because I haven't read my Texas Constitution thoroughly. That's my bad. Um, so, but I mean, come on, that's that was like. <laughs> there's a remedy that is amazing that is absolutely amazing um let's see here what else what else before we move on wc crane up thank you for gifting the phone wc crane up i actually wanted to talk about governor yunkin tonight but uh, we already got a full show so we'll probably uh, talk about him on the next show and uh because man dude i was like all right yunkin that's the way you do it you uh you you just shell out all them executive orders Sir. Okay, guys, I think we're good in that aspect. All right, you have a great night, DJ Ping254. Thanks for joining us tonight, and thank you again for uh, setting up that Allen West event. If you're in the Coriel County area, ladies and gentlemen, give a look up to uh, Joey Afaji running for uh, Coriel County Judge. Again, ladies and gentlemen, a worthy, worthy man for a worthy cause. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move into the rest of tonight's show. We've already talked about the uh, rally on Saturday. We talked about the event with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. I think we have denied President Trump enough for one night. Now, here's an interesting photo, ladies and gentlemen. Who do we see on the screen here, ladies and gentlemen? Who is this? Who is this? We have one sleeping bear of Arizona... One Attorney General Brnovich, side by side with President Trump. Now, this is a freshly snapped picture from Saturday. Um, and, you know, I was just like, okay, okay. You know, uh, apparently, apparently, A.G. Brnovich and President Trump, apparently they had an interface, right? Apparently they, uh, they spoke with each other. And we know that President Trump did mention uh, the entire, uh, the Arizona audit, but he did mention, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, you know, the Attorney General will uh, get something going soon. Uh, and that seems to be, uh, that seems to be what the, uh, the call um, for is going out towards A.G. Brnovich. I mean, it's been over a hundred days since the uh, report came out on the um, Arizona forensic audit for 2020. And uh, we haven't heard anything. Now we know that the uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors recently within the last week uh, turned in their well, last two weeks, I think by now, turned in their rebuttal, uh, their findings uh, against the forensic audit that was returned into uh, A.G. Brnovich. We're still waiting on the special master to uh, file his report on the findings of the Splunk logs and the router information. I would say maybe that's what A.G. Brnovich is waiting for. You know, even though there's enough evidence within the pages of that forensic report to suggest, to surmise that there was some type of fraud going on there. I mean, at such a level, as clownish and cartoonish as it got, um... You think that would be enough to run off of. Maybe he's just trying to have a sense of integrity and he's waiting for the 
complete report to cross his desk. And that is the only grace that I could honestly offer to Attorney General Brnovich in this regard. But seeing him in this photo on a plane with uh, President Trump, and uh, yes, guys, I know, I know, his his collar's open and... Uh, He's a little bit more orange than usual, so uh, one could question whatever they want to question about that. I don't know. I, I have not decoded any of this stuff. That's not my job. But um, I would hope that uh, we'll have some kind of a miracle here, just like we saw in Wisconsin. And we will talk about Wisconsin in just a little bit. But in Wisconsin, Rhino Speaker of the House Robin Voss took a plane ride with uh, President Trump down to Alabama and all of a sudden, election integrity was number one on the plate in Wisconsin. Um, and uh, that story is still developing, guys. It's, it's actually rather exciting at this point. Um, but uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping uh, maybe there was some kind of conference here that will spur A.G. Brnovich on to, uh, to really, uh, you know, do his job, to follow the law, um, to, to do right by the people of Arizona and the people of this country. I just wanted to share this photo with you guys in case you hadn't seen it. Uh, but something tends to happen to people who get on plane rides with President Trump, right? Uh, something tends to happen to them. So let's hope that Brnovich moves forward with his, uh, with his job. I mean, I can't, I, I mean, I'm assuming he's currently in an open investigation, but one could never tell because he doesn't say much. That kind of bodes well, right? Because uh, uh, ongoing investigations really should not be public, uh, public domain. So, uh, all right, Brnovich. We're going to give you the benefit of the doubt for now. All right, on to President Trump's statements as promised. Let's look at this first one here. Uh, this one is from today, the 17th. Will Morning Joe be canceled? He and Mika's ratings are very low. They are having an extremely hard time finding an audience to listen to the fake news they spurn. Uh, losing them would be very sad. Hope it doesn't happen. Okay, so one has to stop and ponder. What you mean losing them would be very sad, President Trump? Uh, the only thing I could deduce is just like the tragic presidency of Joe Biden select, uh, it's something to laugh at and comment on right? Uh, as long as he is assuming the office and assuming the position for his, uh, uh, for his, um, his puppet masters. Uh, that's the only thing I could take away from, uh, President Trump saying it'd be a shame to lose Mika and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Capital Murder Joe over there. <laughs> you, some of you guys might understand that reference. Uh, the statement goes on to say, on another front, looks like Unjoy Reed. <laughs> The racist comment commentator on MSDNC is toast. Her stupidity is only surpassed by her absolute lack of television persona. She never had it and never will. The only thing she's good at is spewing racist hate, but obviously no one is listening to her. No one. I was like, who the heck is Joy Reid? Yeah, just kidding. I know who she is. But still, guys, I mean, um, I would have to say... Mika and Joe, I, I, you know, Joe is just, he annoys me so much. I just can't, I can't, can't with it, guys. I cannot do it. All right, next statement. We have, uh, oh, yeah, well, great news, says President Trump. Another one bites the dust. 
Catco from upstate New York is gone. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, of course, President Trump is speaking in reference to this man. That is uh, one John Catco. Now, uh, he is among the band of brothers who uh, voted thinking that they were setting an example, thinking that uh, they would strengthen the GOP to rally against President Trump. I, that's the only thing I could guess is the reason why uh, they basically committed political suicide. Um, but uh, he's among the band of brothers that voted to impeach President Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, what a grave error he made. Or they, yeah, he and they made. But now, uh, let's see, John Katko, he's a 59-year-old uh, moderate GOP. Is that fair to say moderate? Can we say just, can we just call him a rhino? Um, and uh, he represents uh, a Syracuse-centered 24th Congressional District in New York since 2015. And uh, he recently said in a statement that he wanted to spend more time with his familia after 32 years in public service. So he's gone, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and as we look at the, the leaderboard here, we've got three of the 10 out, ladies and gentlemen, uh, by resignation. Adam Kinsinger, John Katko, Anthony Gonzalez was the first to go. So uh, let's, see, uh, let's see who follows next. I have a feeling... Uh, that this one right here, this one that kind of looks like uh, Hillary Clinton's clones. Uh, and we don't talk about clones here at the Sea Report. But look, she, she could be a clone of Hillary Clinton or, you know, a body double. Just like, just like Hillary Clinton, I bet you Liz Cheney's going to hang on till the end. It might have to do more with honoring her family name. She's like, uh, my daddy, the uh, Warhawk. Uh, you know, uh, he he would not be pleased with me if I uh, bowed out or surrendered. So uh, I bet you she's going to be the last one to go. How much you guys want to bet? She's going to be the last one to go. Y'all want y'all want to y'all want to make a little wager here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, three out of ten of the band of brothers, they, ladies and gentlemen are on their way out, and they are serving as a great example of what happens to you when you betray your constituency and you, uh, you betray your oath of office and uh, you betray this country, ladies and gentlemen. So let the record show we've got seven more to go. Maybe by the time the last one's out, America will be saved. And uh, everything will play out around that needs to be played out. I think uh, I think that is that's going to be a fun thing to see. Okay, let's see what we got next for you guys here tonight. Rumors states this uh, states this statement <laughs> from President Trump. Rumors are that Doug Ducey, the weak rhino governor from Arizona, is being pushed by old crow Mitch McConnell to run for the U.S. Senate. He will never have my endorsement or the support of MAGA Nation. Well, just think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now, we know uh, if we were checking out that uh, rally on uh, Saturday for President Trump. Oh, President Trump absolutely talked about Governor uh, um, Ducey. What, what, what was the nickname that we were calling him? Governor Baducci? No, wait, Governor Ducci, right? <laughs> uh, but to be called a rhino by the president of the United States of America. Ouch, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and, and, you know, 
uh, just like Greg Abbott, you know, Governor Ducci, he he did some things for the state of Arizona. You know, he was he was very vocal on the border issues. Uh, you know, he even called a state of emergency for border towns uh, that uh, were having an influx of illegal aliens running through their backyards and endangering their communities. Um, you know, so he, he was vocal on that. Uh, he fought against the vaccine mandates, ladies and gentlemen, um, and also the mask mandates. Uh, so, you know, one could say, hey, you know, he, 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 he did a good job. You know, a Democrat governor would not have done that. A Democrat governor would have just shut us all down. And indeed, you know, uh, actually, Governor Ducci did shut them all down. He uh, he did shut down the businesses and the schools. And, you know, that went to uh, taking the economy and stuff like that south in the state of Arizona. That's actually one of the points that people uh, bring up whenever they're talking about the kind of job that Ducci did. Now, he didn't require that you were going to have your masks and stuff like that. But uh, he did. He did. Uh, um, he did cave into the pressure that was uh, brought against him when we're talking about, uh, you know, the state of uh, businesses, the economy, uh, whether or not people are going to be controlling your lives from the government, you know, uh, some other things that uh, Ducci did, you know, I mean, he certified a false election. And we have an audit that proves it, guys, um, because uh, don't don't get any don't get mistaken and don't get shaken, guys, because there are plenty of articles out there right now from the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media and their brood. And when I say their brood, I mean the uh, the local networks that listen to them for their talking points or receive, you know, their day's notes on what they're going to say. They're all putting out stories right now that in their mind proves that this uh, fraud is wrong and that President Trump is way off base, way off planet when he's talking about actual fraud. But these people are never considering the uh, notion of a, a fraudulent ballot. I think that's where the big difference comes. You know, uh, they had, for example, from the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, this report that said, well, we only found like 150 instances of, you know, either double uh, double votes or, you know, of uh, of uh, something that's going on with their their voter rolls. And uh, indeed, like that is a story that we're seeing coming out a lot. And the way that they write it, the wordings, the wording and the verbiage that they use, you know, if you were not, uh, if you were not initiated on these conversations, if you had not been following these stories, you would believe what they say, you know, just like when that audit was released in Arizona. And what did they run away with in the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media? They ran away with, oh, well, this audit proves that uh, uh, Biden actually won by more. But what they failed to talk about, what they omitted, their lie of omission, was that they didn't bring up the fraudulent ballots. We're seeing stories about uh, Pima County P uh, and uh, that audit. Uh, that was something most recently I was reading as I was going through today's headlines where they're talking about, you know, there were there were not as many, there were no fraudulent ballots there. And, and, and it was only like uh, 
They said in the state of Arizona, and this was an investigation done by the Associated Press. We all know who the Associated Press is in bed with, right? They've been controlled since what? Uh, probably 1920-something. Uh, you know, after they got their Federal Reserve Central Bank in and they were controlling the money, they went after the media. They took up the magazines, the newspaper presses, and the news outlets. And they got all of their editorial boards together and they let them know what was what. And uh, I have some ideas about doing some kind of investigative work into uh, how that really panned out. But that's neither here nor there. The point of the matter is, if the Associated Press is going to say that they did an investigation into voter fraud in Arizona, uh, I mean, hello, the Associated Press is the one that called the election. They're the ones that said, oh, well, you know, uh, Virginia goes to uh, goes to uh, Biden uh, two minutes after the polls close. Uh, You know, California goes to Biden after we uh, shut down the counting at 10 p.m. And uh, Arizona goes to uh, Biden after they just closed their polls. Like the Associated Press is the one who called the elections in 2020. And uh, everyone else just, uh, you know, uh, created their own necessary evidence and support around that call. So I would not trust the Associated Press to do an investigation. But of course, for the sleeping Americans out there, for the general public that just don't give a damn about uh, their their country or politics, or for those who are uh, hard left and enemies of this country, enemies of this nation, uh, the Associated Press just like the Nobel Prize, is an esteemed foundation of this uh, country. Uh, it's an esteemed institute that cannot be denied. And just like your government would never lie to you, just like your government would never do harm, the press of America would never, ever lie to the American people. And that's the way they think. I cannot wrap my head around it, but that is the way that they think. So, you know, we had Governor Ducci certifying a fraudulent election. You know, there there are a few other things that did go along with that. Why don't you guys check this out? Uh, We have this article here from the Western Journal. Uh, Let's see here. What does this say here today in this article from the Western Journal? Uh, I don't know who that man is, but uh, get off my screen. Okay, so... (laughs) Oh my goodness, these ads. Uh, GOP Arizona governor vetoes 22 bills, including election integrity. Okay, uh, let's, let's check it out. Let's see what it's got to say. Now, uh, article says, and this comes from June 2021, uh, you can always count on anti-Trump rhinos to play hardball, not with Democrats, but with their own party. Okay, oh, that's something that we're familiar with. I think the concept of the rhino and what they look like and how they act is becoming more prevalent and more understood within our ranks. Republican Arizona Governor Doug Ducey on Friday vetoed 22 bills, including those that uh, those that to promote election integrity. I can be your copy editor, Western Journal, if you need one and uh, ban the teaching of critical race theory. In a Twitter thread, Ducci explained that he was holding the bills hostage because the state legislature failed to approve his $12.8 billion budget. Okay, so he's playing hardball, it sounds like, according to this. Uh, Let's see, Ducci tweeted, uh, Today I vetoed 22 bills. Some are good policy, but with one month left till the end of the fiscal year, we need to focus first on passing a budget. That should be priority one. The other stuff can wait. Okay, Ducci. Okay, Ducci. Wait, can I ask you a question, Doug Ducci? 
Now, I understand that your state's budget is important, right? We all want to take care of our own states, make sure they're not overspending or spending needlessly, or at least that they have enough funds to do what they need to do and function, you know? Uh, But uh, uh, can I ask you a question? Um, If there is no America... Uh, because our vote is compromised and our vote is representative of our freedom, not just our voice, not just our choice, but literally our freedom, a commodity that uh, is, is denied the rest of the world. You know, um, can you have a balanced or a good budget in your state? Don't you think that ensuring that your elections are indeed accurate, safe, secure, and have a modicum of uh, integrity, don't you think that that should uh, come first before your state's budget? Don't you think that maybe of the 22 bills that you uh, vetoed, that maybe the election integrity bill is one that you would maybe have considered signing from the jump? It makes no sense, ladies and gentlemen. That argument makes no sense. Um, Clearly, this man, his priorities are not managed well, or he's just a damn down dirty rhino, and he's trying to cover his ass, just like Brian Kemp does, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, let's finish with this article. It says, uh, we're not going to read Ducci's uh, tweets here. Ducci was pouting because the state House of Representatives and Senate adjourned until June 10th after Republicans were unable to muster the votes to pass his proposed budget. Okay. The GOP has only a one vote majority in both chambers and Democrats oppose the governor's bloated $12.8 billion budget, according to the Arizona Mirror. Another Arizona local uh, that is an activist network posing as a press agency that has paywalls. Now, check this out, guys. Isn't that funny that Democrats were actually opposing a bloated budget? Wow, that's a, that's a new one. Now, it says here, Kelly Ward, the chairman, chairwoman of the Arizona Republican Party, slammed Ducci for not signing laws that would ban critical race theory and deter voter fraud. Come on, Ducci. We're talking about indoctrinating your children into uh, into divisive politics and uh, and ways of thinking. Uh, you think it's going to be any easier in your state uh, to uh, come together and unite uh, around a common cause if you got that kind of thing going on? And I don't need to say anything more about voter fraud. Ridiculous, she tweeted. 22 bills that the legislative branch worked all session on. Bills that went through the process and passed and went to the executive's desk. This tyrannical approach is dangerous to what we, the people in Arizona, support. Uh, See, Mark Fincham said that uh, Ducci was acting like a man-child throwing a temper tantrum. (laughs) Fincham's a great guy. He did a good job on Saturday also. Let's see. The representative said Ducci's childish antics are par for the course as he repeatedly as he has repeatedly been at odds with his own party. Um, So, yeah, I mean, uh, there you go. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, President Trump had a good reason to call him a rhino. Okay, Um, and uh, the Arizona press is just having a field day with that, uh, to be quite honest with you all. And another interesting thing about uh, about this uh, these voter registration laws. Let's 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 take a look at something real quick. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead. Did I not have a photo of Ducci here? I thought I had a photo of Ducci. 
for you guys. I guess not. I guess you guys will uh, will uh, escape that. <laughs> that was a preview. Um, I guess you guys will escape the uh, wrath of Ducci's face. He, he had a come to Jesus moment in this photo that I found. Uh, let's go ahead and just, we'll, we'll just put it right there. Okay. Uh, but um, with, uh, with, with Doug Ducci and the election integrity uh, laws that he vetoed, okay, uh, one could argue, well, you know, Doug Ducci was just trying to get um, um, this, this budget passed. And that was the method as a governor that uh, he uh, utilized in order to prompt his uh, legislators to do what he wants, right? I mean, I guess, you know, you could do that. My thought is, Governor Ducci, uh, why didn't you take a, uh, why didn't you take a page out of your buddy Greg Abbott's book, okay, and and, uh, call a special session or three, you know, that's what Abbott did. Uh, And I'm not, I'm not putting a feather in the hat of Abbott because at the end of the day, he didn't get mandates uh, against vaccines, um, uh, anything in that regards. Uh, He didn't, he didn't stop the uh, ability for doctors to recommend uh, chemical castration to children whose parents' minds are so warped that they think it's okay for them to do a sex change before the age of 18, you know, uh, before they've fully developed, before, uh, you know, they've really figured out what they want to do in life. Um, but, you know, what, what he did do, apparently, uh, he, he did pass some of these bills. According to uh, um, an article from the Rose Law Group reporter, uh, they said this year, Governor Doug Ducey signed an anti-CRT bill that banned K-12 through schools from teaching any curriculum that would create a sense of blame or judgment on people due to their face, ethnicity, or sex. Uh, the new law was among those thrown out by the state Supreme Court earlier this month because they were, according to the ruling, attached illegitimately to the yearly budget bill. So I guess Ducci did his his job there and he still passed a ban against CRT. Uh, if I'm reading that correctly, it says the new law among those uh, thrown out earlier this month. So he went back and fought that, guys. But again, you know, how can a country be divided if we don't have a country because we don't have secure elections? Okay? If anything, it's just going to uh it's just going to put more fire beneath the colored revolutions that are going to be building up and stemming from that indoctrination that has been uh, our children have been subjected to, you know. So uh I mean, uh, I don't know what to say about that, guys, but, you know, Carrie Lake, again, was amongst those who was calling out Ducci, you know, calling out, uh, well, she was calling out a lot of things that day. And she is also, you know, fighting against uh, CRT and the likes. Um, but, you know, Ducci, again, supposedly is running for U.S. Senate. And to be quite honest with you guys, I've read articles that stated Ducci was running for U.S. Senate months ago. And uh, we'll get right back to that thought, guys, because guess what? We got a hard stop over there at Twitch for a commercial. The C-Report is 100% listener supported. If you enjoy the broadcasting that we bring to you with the C-Report and other shows on this podcasting platform, we ask that listeners lend their support become a monthly donor 
when you go to anchor.fm slash the C report slash support or click on the support button over there at the anchor.fm slash the C report website where you can help sustain future episodes of the C report and other broadcasting on this podcast station. Every bit helps, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, I thank you for your support. We're back. Okay. Hello, Twitch. Just so you know, we did stop for that ad break this time. And I'm glad you guys are back with us. Boy, that went a lot quicker than I thought it would. So you guys did miss out on anything over there at Twitch. All right. Now, uh, we were talking about, uh, we we're talking about um, uh, Carrie Lake, guys. We we're talking about Carrie Lake. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, like I said, she she was calling out people. She's been against, uh, you know, she's been against CR uh, critical race theory. Um, she's very very much uh, into supportive of the entire uh, entire election integrity, you know, um, aspect of our uh, our law and our world, uh, as as we all should be, you know, uh, because again, there is no America without our vote, which is representative of our freedom. But it's interesting to me uh, because uh, also I think the last thought trail I had gone off of to close this circle was that I have read articles months back that talked about Ducci running for U.S. Senate. He wants to take the hop from governor to U.S. Senate. Uh, This whole thing about Mitch McConnell now supporting him or pushing him to do it, I think is uh, that's brand new. Right. Uh, Those articles are fresh. Uh, if if Mitch McConnell, if Cocaine Mitch had been encouraging Ducci to run for Senate, uh, that was not you know above the above the radar, so to speak, because uh, it wasn't talked about. You know, didn't hear about that until uh, President Trump brought it to our attention on Saturday. At least myself, I hadn't heard about it. Um, but. Uh, that leaves the, that leaves the governorship wide open, right? We have, I believe, the last I read, there's about four to five contenders on the GOP side alone uh, running for governor in Arizona, and then of course we have uh, Katie Schnobs, or as uh, you know, Senator Sonny Borelli called her, uh, Katie Hobgoblin. Okay, uh, she's running for governor. I don't understand how this woman thinks that she is going to win. Unless like, uh, uh, what was that, uh, Michelle Eugenti Rita or whatever her name is, uh, that, that rhino uh, that's running for, um, that's running for uh, Secretary of State or Governor, Governor, Secretary of State in uh, Arizona. Uh, unless uh, she, like uh, Eugenti, believes that she is going to win those elections because they know that there will be fraud. Okay. They're always so um, confident when they know the fix is in, okay? Uh, but Carrie Lake has and is the front runner, despite the news coming out of the local Arizona press that is saying that she is falling back in the polls. You know, so a lot can be said about that. Um, but, you know, aside from the Arizona press, uh, who happen to be leftist, progressive, communist sympathizers, Marxists, I'm sure, no doubt, um, you also have members of the uh, the Patriot or the conservative press that are going after her. I would say more concerning, maybe, 
is the independent Patriot Press that is going after Carrie Lake. They don't want Carrie Lake. Uh, there's there's an entire uh, entire uh, I guess a subculture of uh, conservatives who are against Carrie Lake running as governor, and I can understand that very much so. You know, because Carrie Lake does have a uh, colorful history, a colorful past. You know, she, um, for example, uh, was a, a big donor to uh, John Kerry and to Barack Obama, to, you know, to Barry Sotero. You know, we can't forgive that, can we? Right. Um, that is probably the main talking point that is uh, called out against Carrie Lake, to be sure. Uh, indeed, they even aired an interview with Carrie Lake where the uh, the reporter was trying to uh, have a gotcha moment and focus in on her campaign donations for the Barry Sotero campaign. And uh, and John Kerry, I was not aware of, but, um, you know, that was a time ago. So she's really being painted as a flip flopper. In fact, you know, like I say, I don't make these stories up myself. Uh, I have this article here from Seeing Red Arizona. Now, I've actually referenced Seeing Red Arizona for some uh, information in the past. But, uh, well, let's let's see what Seeing Red Arizona, conservative political views from a red state, has to say about Carrie Lake. And let's just put the conversation on the table. Because, after all, Carrie Lake has been endorsed by President Trump several times over. And uh, just as uh, D-Patriot1776 said out there in the audience, uh, MAGA is going to MAGA whether we have Trump or not. And that means, indeed, that we will also vet those endorsements. We're not going to take these endorsements blindly. I mean, he uh, endorsed Governor Abbott, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, that guy is part of a system that uh, is privileged only for lawmakers and, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that they uh, throw parties out at the uh, special needs water park that no one hears about in San Antonio that's being run by a retired general, which uh, begs the question, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we all know what retired gen generals tend to do with the children, and that's a big concern. That's a story for another time. But let's take a look at what Seeing Red Arizona has to say. Now, the article says conservative Arizona governor candidate Carrie Lake was an Obama Democrat. Major new video added. Uh, let's see here. It says uh, former newscaster Carrie Lake has entered Arizona's governor's race, characterizing herself as a conservative Republican. Her record tells a different story. Using her married name, Carrie L. Halperin, records show she donated to both John Kerry and Barack Obama and getting testy while asked about her political switch as reported by leftist media. Um, so again, you know, and I, we, we aired that interview here at the Sea Report. Um, she, I mean, was it dodging? Was it misdirection? Was it outright lying? Uh, but uh, Halperin was the name it was, it was uh, the donation was made in. And she stressed that that was her husband and his business. Um, but, uh, but even so, ladies and gentlemen, you know, if she was a Democrat, if she did support Obama, even President Trump told her, you know, I think she'll do great for the state of Arizona and this nation. Uh, but, I, but if I come back here and, uh, you know, things aren't the way they should be, I'm going to be very mad. So, again, we uh, we uh, support these candidates. We know that misinformation or bad information does cross the desk 
of uh, those whom we uh, we trust uh, for guidance and leadership at times. Uh, but that is when we, if we in fact are an active and engaged um, uh, constituency, if we are involved as we should be, that's when we hold them to task, ladies and gentlemen, uh, which is why just like we vet them and we research on them, even though they have an endorsement from President Trump or are, are seemingly uh, very uh, America first minded, uh, that is our duty. OK, that is our job. OK, to be active, you know, stop being lazy. Stop just uh, hoping that, uh, you know, whatever President Trump says is the case. And, you know, we can hold that as, uh, you know, a plate of gold before us. That's not what this is about, guys. Leaders make mistakes too, okay? And uh, people lie also. Now, I'm not saying that uh, Carrie Lake is a liar or that she's trying to defraud us or she's trying to trick us. Um, I, I honestly feel that, uh, and I'm not in Arizona, so I don't have a dog in the race, but I honestly feel that this woman is genuine in what she is expressing. Um, uh, but of course the whole fact that she worked in the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media for 20 plus years does not hold well for a lot of people either. Uh, I mean, this could all be an act, you know, this could be a, a facade just to get her in office, right? But at the same time, we don't see the leftist media um, um, touting her as a savior. Uh, we don't see uh, any of them saying that, yeah, you know, she, she was pretty good. You know, uh, I like what she's got to say. We don't see that happening either. Uh, let's finish up with this article here. It goes on to say she has bizarrely compared herself to Ronald Reagan, who was once a Democrat before seeing the light, a path she took in reverse. Carrie Lake, who has owned her skills on camera after years of reading teleprompter scripts on Channel 10, is no Ronald Reagan, switching instead from Republican to a Democrat. Lake is a political opportunist who has never held political office and has nothing to recommend, uh, recommend her for Arizona's top job. When asked about her political duplicity, she classly, classily retorted, who gives a crap, according to the Washington Free beacon. And I'll stop there again. And I will just say, um, I, you could call her a political opportunist, right? Um, she says she left the, uh, the media and the press industry because it was getting so corrupt and it was getting so biased and censored. She couldn't deal with it anymore. Those are her words, basically just paraphrased. Um, uh, but, but what do we want then? I think the only possible good runner up in the, uh, at least on the GOP side of things in Arizona for the governorship, uh, was the, uh, was the current treasurer, uh, of the GOP. And she has since withdrawn from running as governor. Uh, they have another representative I'm not too familiar with, um, and a couple of other people, but we don't want, we don't want to have lawyers or career politicians in these positions. Uh, one could argue President Trump was not a politician. And indeed, ladies and gentlemen, he was not a politician. Uh, but if you've been paying attention to Carrie Lake and listening to what she has to say, uh, because as they point out here, just like President Trump, when he was running for president, they could have said the same thing about him. They could have said President Trump has nothing to recommend him for the United States top job. OK, and yet he got the job done. OK, 
So yeah, you know, if I were in Arizona, you know who my vote would be going for. And you know who the tar and feathers would be rolling out for if she did not do the job that she stated she would. Now let's get down to brass tacks here, ladies and gentlemen. This is the hard stuff that uh, you can use against Carrie Lake if you'd like to. Carrie Lake donated $850 to John Kerry's and uh, Barry Sotero's presidential campaign in 04 and in 08 leaving the Republican Party, re-registering as an independent before switching again to become a Democrat in 2008. She opportunistically switched back when she thought it would benefit her. Now, I don't know what benefit she would get from switching parties when not running for office. It's beyond me. Uh, so I'm not sure what that's all about. Uh, Lake has also hired Mark Buse, John McCain's senior advisor, to run her campaign. Now, that would be a red flag there, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, okay? That would be a red flag. So um, because either uh, either she's hoping that uh, having a senior individual involved in politics will give her her um, her campaign and her office some more clout. Uh, but there's there that's something to be worried about. Now, let's not forget President Trump did the exact same thing as well. Like he took in advisors and he took in people who were recommended to them and he well thought he should because after all, they've been in the industry, right? The politics industry for so long, you know, they have to know A, what's going on. Uh, they could make recommendations. But again, you know, if you're someone like me, right? And, uh, you know, you trust people for who they are, but it's their job to maintain that trust. You know, I'll start you at 100%. It's up to you to stay at 100% kind of thing. Uh, and that seems to be the way that President Trump handled a lot of his engagements, interactions and appointments as president. Um, all you can do is remove and fire them once they have uh, they shown their true colors or have proven to be something that they said that they're not. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't trust Mark Buse just because of his involvement with McCain. And like I said, there's certain people and family names you just don't trust. Uh, but who knows who knows what strategy she could be employing it it could be just to to get all the john mccain republicans and rhinos and i'm talking about the people of arizona um to vote for her that could be part of the strategy right let's get mark Buse on with john mccain so all these uh old school boomer rhino republicans i shouldn't call voters rhinos right because they're not there to deceive but they just don't know what they're doing right it's like the den it's like the dan crenshaw crew uh, who who will vote for Dan Crenshaw and support him because he served in our military. He was a, a Navy SEAL. And, and that's enough proof for some people out there. And, you know, uh, they aren't doing their research or they're not digging in or they're not really paying attention. Could be the case. They could just be playing team sports. I don't know. Maybe that's part of the strategy. I'm not sure, uh, but I would be concerned about that, you know. Finally, it says... Uh, it's no mystery why the Republican-hating local newspaper headlined its report following Saturday's election integrity rally featuring former President Donald Trump, their words not mine, like stands out among GOP candidates. The blatant scheme at play is to make the least credible candidate appear to be the frontrunner. Don't be conned by the conniving leftist Arizona Republic. Also behind the paywall, there is too much at stake to trust a manipulative political charlatan with running the state of Arizona, which now has two Democrat U.S. senators for the first time since Ernest McFarland, born in 1984, and Carl Hayden, born in uh, the pre-statehood Arizona Territory in 1878, representing the state. 
Hayden had been the territorial sheriff and first ran for Congress in 1911 in anticipation of Arizona's 1912 statehood. Both Hayden and McFarland joined the military during World War I. Uh, throwing good sense to the wind is a recipe for disaster for the state of Arizona. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's behind all this. Um, as far as uh, going against Cary Lake, I get it. You know, we all want to make sure that we are uh, putting our vote to the right person. We all want to make sure that the right person is being um, uh, elected for the job. Uh, but I'm I I for one, and again I'm not from Arizona, so I don't have a dog in this race. But I for one, um, I for one would be supportive of her. Um, she's got the toughest talk. She she frankly she reminds me of President Trump whenever he had started out, um, and you got people railing against her, including independent uh, you know patriot outlets like Seeing Red Conservative. Now there was another outlet that had some stuff to say about her, but. Uh, that outlet, the stuff they report, comes from an entirely different dimension. Um, so we're not going to go there with that outlet. But um, they got this; they got their info from these guys, anyways. And I like to look at the root sources. Uh, one thing that is not mentioned here that the other venue mentioned was uh, that she had gone mum. She went mute. She had nothing to say about Merrick Garland when he uh, he had the FBI go after parents, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and, and the reason for that was because uh, she actually was rather vocal about supporting Merrick Garland when Obama tried to put him on the Supreme Court. And I would say it is the job of the people and it is the, absolutely the job of the independent patriot media to ask those questions. You know, uh, they reference this uh, instance where Carrie got really snooty and short whenever this guy was trying to pin her down on her uh, previous campaign contributions. Well, that guy, he was he went about it the entire wrong way. You know, if you're going to sit down and ask an honest question to put it on the record, you don't you don't you don't you don't go around it. You don't, you don't beat around the bush. You don't, uh, you don't get real dodgy and shifty eyed. You don't exhibit elements of, of fear. Like you're afraid to ask her this question and, and just go around it. You just straightforward ask, Hey, Carrie Lake, I heard that you supported Merrick Garland for the Supreme court. How do you feel about Merrick Garland now? How do you feel about the job that he's doing? And how do you feel about him, uh, trying to, uh, trying to, uh, call the parents of America criminals and terrorists, you know, and see what she has to say. You know, I think that, uh, that I think that's fair, ladies and gentlemen. And I think it's fair to ask her that question as well. Uh, now where they said she's silent on the FBI going after the parents at uh, the behest of Merrick Garland, she is absolutely opposed to critical race theory, which is one of the main reasons why parents are going against the school boards right now, that aside from indoctrinating our children into being uh, pansexual, who knows what's going on in their head individuals and, and uh, you know, and uh, these mask and vaccine mandates, uh, but critical race theory and the indoctrination that our children are seeing, them being taught systemic racism, that is one of the main reasons why parents have uh, rallied against school boards who think that they uh, have the right to uh, do whatever they want with your child's education, ladies and gentlemen. So I think we'll get off that soapbox for now. I think we've talked about Arizona quite a bit for tonight. 
Uh, and that's very exciting stuff here, guys. But we'll stay on the note of uh, election integrity for the seat. Ah, who is this? Who are you? Oh, we're not done with President Trump's statements, are we? Are, are we? Oh, we're not. Okay, guys, last statement from President Trump, and then we will uh, uh, we'll touch about two more stories before we call it a night tonight. Uh, about two more stories for you guys to share with you. Now, uh, this man on the screen, uh, this is a man by the name of Mario Diaz-Balart. And uh, we're featuring his mug tonight because he's actually received an endorsement from President Trump. Uh, now, Mario Diaz-Balart, um, he, he had some good words from President Trump. Uh, and think about this, think about it this way. Uh, Mitch McConnell, that's an endorsement you don't want. President Trump, that's probably an endorsement that you could live with, right? You, you stand to have better odds at being elected at this point. Uh, but in regards to Mario Diaz-Balart, who is actually a representative for the state of Florida, um, President Trump had this to say. Uh, he said, uh, Congressman Mario Diaz-Balart has a very strong record of leadership. He is a terrific representative for the people of South Florida. Mario is tough on crime, the Second Amendment, and is dedicated to low taxes, a strong economy. He is an advocate for our seniors and loves our great military and our veterans. Uh, Mario Diaz-Balart is a true fighter for our great country and has my complete and total endorsement. So good job, Mr. Diaz-Balart, on getting that much-coveted uh, President Trump endorsement. You know, uh, some of the things that uh, one could stand behind Mario Diaz-Balart uh, would be uh, uh, the fact that he was amongst uh, the 147 representatives who opposed certifying the 2020 election. Uh, he's also been staunchly against HR1 and HR4, which incidentally we'll talk about a little bit later on tonight. Uh, and that is the, the bills that the uh, 117th Congress and Senate tried to pass in order to decriminalize or to legalize, uh, you know, um, uh, election fraud. Uh, by taking away voter IDs, uh, by allowing uh, non-citizens or illegal aliens to cast their vote in, uh, in um, federal elections, and, uh, and then also uh, to hand over the, uh, hand over the uh, elections from the state's responsibility to the federal responsibility. And not only that, but also giving oversight to the federal, um, the federal government in regards to any election law changes, amendments, or, uh, you know, uh, redactions that a state might want to make. Okay, so that's good. This guy understands that, uh, you know, as per the Constitution of the United States, uh, the power and the authority of elections goes back to the states, stays in their court, so to speak, and is staunchly opposed to it. Uh, he also had some pretty good marks on the Susan B. Anthony list for uh, elected officials who support pro-life causes and measures. Uh, so, well, there you have that. Uh, there is uh, uh, Mario Diaz-Balart of Florida. Again, good job, buddy. Congratulations on that endorsement. All right, here's the man of the hour. We like Michael Gableman here at the Sea Report. I gotta say, guys, you know, 
when I first heard about Michael Gableman, I did not have many a kind thing to say about him. After all, he's quoted to have said in a local Wisconsin newspaper that he didn't know much about elections or understand how they work. And of course, I, suffering from PTSD from all of the stories of false and fake audits and investigations into the 2020 election at the hands of the Wisconsin chairperson, the Speaker of the House, one Robin Voss, and typically I introduce him as Rhino Robin Voss. Uh, I hope you guys could understand why, why I was a little rough on former Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman, Supreme Court of Wisconsin, Michael Gableman, uh, because Michael Gableman is, uh, is, he is, he's on the case, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Gableman is on the case for election integrity and, uh, and ensuring that the election laws of Wisconsin were followed to the T, ladies and gentlemen. And so he's, he's, uh, he's been enlisted by one rhino, Robin Voss, uh, and he's tearing it up right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, to date, he's issued almost 100 subpoenas in regard to the matter of the 2020 presidential election. And uh, Robin Voss is supporting him. So, you know, we're like, okay, Robin, uh, what's up? Right, buddy? We'll take it because uh, I'll say this, guys. Just like with Carrie Lake, former Democrat, former Obama supporter, former cheerleader for Merrick Garland, redemption is a beautiful thing, guys. Like, uh, since when did we not have the ability to uh, ask for forgiveness for our past sins and, uh, and see the light, turn over a leaf, and walk down that path as narrow as it may be, okay? When... Were we denied that ability? Okay, so we haven't been denied that ability. Now, sometimes we might feel like we've been denied the grace, you know, to put those past sins behind us and not wear them on our shoulders as a constant reminder of the things that we've done, you know, but uh, it, redemption could be a beautiful thing. You know, it can be a beautiful thing. So uh, it, I, one would wonder, hey, is maybe Robin Voss uh, turned a leaf over? Or do you think he's uh, do you think he's cringing at night and he can't sleep because Michael Gableman is on the case, ladies and gentlemen? It could be. Uh, but Michael Gableman, nonetheless, uh, like uh, I have seen the light in regards to this man. Like I said, he's uh, call, He's uh, already filed nearly 100 uh, Closer to 100 subpoenas uh, just in regards to the 2020 election. We've been following the Wisconsin story here at the Sea Report lately pretty, uh, pretty frequently as things have been developing. Now, uh, a recent development into uh, the Wisconsin election investigation for fraud uh, happens to come with uh, more subpoenas that this man has issued. Uh, believe it or not... Michael Gableman has actually just issued subpoenas to uh, Dominion Voting Systems out of Colorado. Uh, we don't know what he's going to ask just yet, but let's check out this uh, article from the Milwaukee Journal, Journal Sentinel. Blah, blah, blah. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Yeah, I said it right. Okay. Uh, so it says this. Gableman subpoenas a voting machine uh, companies in 2020 review. Uh, Assembly Republicans' review of the 2020 election has expanded 
outside of Wisconsin with subpoenas to two companies that manufacture voting machines and software. Former Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman in December issued orders to Colorado-based Dominion voting machine systems and electronic systems and software of Nebraska, seeking records related to the location of the company's voting machines in Wisconsin during the primary and general elections in 2020. Gableman's subpoenas, first reported by uh, Wiz Paul, oh, wait, wait, Gableman also seeks information about staff members who worked on Wisconsin machines or communicated with anyone in Wisconsin during that period. Okay, so he wants information about staff members from Dominion uh, Voting Systems and Electronic Systems and Software who worked on Wisconsin machines or communicated with anyone in Wisconsin during that period. So that's probably a very important point. Gableman subpoenas, first reported by Wise Politics, Politics, demand company officials produce the requested documents later this month and order them to testify in private at his rented office space in Brookfield. Gableman set a series of deadlines to receive the documents and testimony with the earliest on Wednesday. Uh, it is unclear what authority Gableman and Assemblymen, Assembly Republicans have to demand information from out-of-state entities. Ah, I mean, come on, Wisconsin Journal Sentinel. Uh, really? I mean, uh, is there no precedence for that? It says they have no easy way to get the companies to comply with their subpoenas since neither is based in Wisconsin. Tell that to Pennsylvania. I should say tell that to tell that to Dominion in regards to Pennsylvania, uh, because after all, uh, they're fighting that because they are being asked to send, o- send over those machines and they don't want to. Uh, it says here, multiple phone calls to Gableman and spokeswoman for Assembly Speaker Robin Voss were not returned Friday. Officials with Dominion and Electronic Systems and Software also did not respond to questions from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Voss hired Gableman and gave him a $676,000 uh, taxpayer-funded budget to review uh, the up- outcome of the 2020 election and how the election was administered. The effort was launched as former President Donald Trump put pressure on Voss and other Republican legislative leaders in Wisconsin to do more to support his false claim that he was the winner of the 2020 election. Again, those are their words, not mine. Um, They continue to push the big lie. And then they continue to uh, lie about how Joe Biden won. A little bit more history on Gableman and when he was hired. We've covered that here at the C-Report um, let's see here. What other, uh, what, other, what, other, what other meaningful information can we glean? It says, uh, with a subpoena to Dominion, Gableman is targeting a company that has been at the center of many conspiracy theories advanced by Trump and his allies in the days and weeks following Trump's defeat. The company's machines are not used in Milwaukee, Madison, and other cities with heavy concentrations of Democrat voters that Gableman has focused on. But that doesn't mean that they're not used throughout the state honey mama. So uh, think about that. Uh, Dominion filed a series of defamation lawsuits last year against Trump allies over spreading false claims that the company's machines changed the true outcome of the election by flipping blah, 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 blah. Um, Okay, so uh, that is that. The subpoenas to the voting machine companies were dated December 28th. The same day, Gableman sent a raft of new subpoenas to the State Elections Commission and officials in the state's five largest cities. The cities provided Gableman with numerous documents on Thursday and Friday, 
but said in some cases he had asked for too much. What is too much, right? They want to send just enough over to where he cannot uh, find any uh, guilt or any type of uh, information uh, regarding uh, what was going on there in, uh, we'll we'll point out Madison for one, but uh, four other major cities. Attorneys for Green Bay and Madison sent him pointed letters saying they would not give him the birth dates or social security numbers in response to his demand for all information about voters held by their computer systems. Okay, so uh, Pennsylvania just went through this very same thing. Pennsylvania went through this exact same thing uh, just within the last few weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Now, so uh, Pennsylvania... Pennsylvania recently just went through this, guys. Now, they were... uh, uh, Jake Corman, the Senate pro tempore guy over there, who's now leading this investigation or this review into the 2020 election since he fired uh, Senator Doug Mastriano. Um, uh, they were seeking to get that exact information, birth dates and social security numbers for the voters in order to review the voter rolls. Uh, and that was part of that process. Now, the Pennsylvania Democrats and everyone who opposes voter integrity in Pennsylvania, they sued, they filed an injunction to uh, stop that information from flowing towards this review. Uh, in Pennsylvania, the judges ruled that... Um, they had no ability to do that. They had to, they had to hand over that information. So uh, we'll see what happens here. I'm pretty sure that uh, that might have something to do with it because after all, one of the themes that we're hearing coming out of these election uh, um, fraud investigations or audits is that uh, there are a lot of uh, fake uh, fraudulent ballots. Uh, you know, there's a lot of duplicated ballots um, so are, do they have all that necessary information filled out, do, the social security numbers, the birth dates, etc.? cetera? Uh, so I would imagine that's part of the reason why he's, re- he's requesting that information. Let's get back to this article. It says, uh, they also question whether Gableman had the authority to act on behalf of the Assembly Elections Committee, given that his contract with the state was set to expire at the end of last year. Um, they're talking about renewing that contract and he is vested with authority as he's representing, uh, the legislative body that gave the Wisconsin election commission birth to begin with. Uh, we respectfully request that you provide written evidence of your continued and current appointment by Wisconsin state assembly as legal counsel or an agent authorized to act on behalf of the committee. Uh, that comes from Madison city attorney, Michael Haas. Now, Gableman has been uh, meeting with partisans and election conspiracy theorists as he conducted his work. OK, yeah, so, yeah, he's he's teleconferenced with other concerned uh, members of the elected official body. He's gone to Arizona to review the audit. We know all this and they're trying to use it as ammunition against Gableman. But nonetheless, uh, here's another here's another request coming from the bulldog, Michael Gableman. We'll keep you guys abreast on that as it develops. But let's talk a little bit about Robin Voss, guys. There is Rhino Speaker Robin Voss in the flesh, ladies and gentlemen. Now, again, like I said, I mean, uh, he's a rhino in my eyes by any sense of the word. Robin Voss, guys, has been um, singing the songs of election integrity Uh, and singing the songs of performing audits and reviews of the 2020 election since November 4th, 2020, guys. Like, he's promised it. 
You know, he's promised uh, the representatives. He's promised the people that this would happen. Uh, we reported on Robin Voss uh, back in, psh, I don't know, this was probably around spring or summertime um, of, uh, of uh, this year. And, and actually prior to that, now that I think about it, we're already in 2022. Uh, you know, our one year anniversary is right around the corner here at the Sea Report. And uh, we've highlighted some of these audits that we uh, we've talked about. I mean, uh, in the in the last episodes where we talked about Wisconsin, I've told you guys fraud. You know, I've told you guys rhino. Uh, uh, let me let me uh, let me fill out those parameters with some sus- substance, guys. It was in November of 2020 that Speaker Robin Voss um told he he ordered a committee to look into the fraudulent votes in the election okay in november of 2020 just a few days after the election was stolen from president trump well you know what came out of that investigation nothing okay nothing came out of it there was no report there was no written statement nothing it was a, it was a head game, okay? He was just giving lip service, hopefully hoping that people would uh, you know would like let it pass since uh, you know uh, by January twenty twenty one they'd signed on uh, the electors and certified the election illegally for Joe Biden. Now in December of twenty twenty, uh, House Speaker Rhino Robin Voss actually set up a public hearing to discuss the results of the 2020 election in Wisconsin. Again, tens of thousands of ballots being dropped in the morning on November 4th. That committee never happened. Again, lip service. He's just trying to get to January 20th, 2021. And that's basically what this game has been with this guy. So then in March of 2021, Robin Voss... Okay, he has the Wisconsin Assembly ordered to do an audit of the results in Wisconsin. Okay, he orders the state auditors to perform an audit. Now, what does he have the state auditors do? First of all, you don't audit your own work. Okay, Uh, we're talking like Georgia, uh, whose whose government is entirely staffed by happy faces, individuals from uh, Stacey Abrams, uh, you know, a, a job firm that she owns, right? And uh, and then, you know, they're running throughout the entire... You don't... You know, like, you wouldn't want the Georgia Bureau of Investigations to audit its own, you know, work. I mean, it's like having Bradford Raffensperger, who's already tried not to do it, but being forced to investigate. So, uh, Wisconsin State Assembly... Uh, the Wisconsin State Auditors uh, basically just recount all the votes. No audit... Nothing forensically said, no review of the machines, nothing like that, okay? Um, So they found that there was nothing wrong with it, right? And then shortly thereafter, we had a group of senators who put out a report that also said nothing was found. And I've already said, guys, that uh, even, even, uh, you know, um, uh, Johnson of Wisconsin there, um, he said that there was no fraud, okay? Um, So again, you have them recounting votes, that's it. That's all that they did. Nothing, nothing more, nothing less. Okay. When that did not make the constituents of Wisconsin happy and, uh, you know, you still had people unsatisfied and still wanting more information. They still want a forensic audit. 
Speaker Voss announces that he's going to have a forensic audit of the 2020 election, and it's going to be conducted by three retired former police officers. Okay, to to do an entire forensic audit of all of the thousands to millions of votes in Wisconsin. No telling what that would entail. We're going to put a team of three individuals on the case. Incidentally, two of them dropped out. I guess the job was too much for them. And it was around that time thereafter that Robin Voss actually hired Michael Gableman to do the job. Okay. So Michael Gableman came into the picture a little early on, right? Uh, That was around the time that newspapers were uh, quoting him to have said that he doesn't know much about elections and he doesn't know anything about the way that they're run. Okay, that's where I went to my little PTSD bout um, and uh, just kind of handed it over to them. Uh, Other things about Robin Voss being a rhino, you know, it was it was discovered that um, uh, he has he has buddies up in high offices um, of the GOP, other rhinos. Uh, for example, you know, uh, he, he was, he attended college with Rince, Rince Priebus, guys. In college, he was roommates with Rince Priebus and also a man by the name of Andy Speth, uh, who later on became Paul Ryan's chief of staff. And, uh, they had a, they had a little club called the Whitewater Mafia. I don't want to know what that's all about, ladies and gentlemen, but that was the case with Robin Voss. So, you know, you kind of draw those two connections to him. You kind of look at his behavior and the way that he acts. And uh, it's a little bit easy to understand why people like me call him a rhino. But uh, more information has surfaced. Um, uh, For example, it came out later on in a letter from his uh, from his uh, representative staff member there, spokeswoman, that um, Robin Voss actually he actually approved the drop boxes that were later declared illegal by the Supreme Court of Wisconsin, um, and we have that letter here. So let's go ahead and just pull it up for you guys so you can check it out. And uh, as news tends to uh, recycle in uh, in the news streams out there, yeah, we've actually covered this before here on the Sea Report. Uh, let's see here. This is a letter from uh, Mary Beth Witzel Bell, the city clerk, uh, and it states. Um, the city of Madison's Democracy in the Park campaign's illegal collection of absentee ballots. That's the response. Uh, it says, I write on behalf of Wisconsin State Assembly Speaker Robin Voss and Wisconsin State Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald regarding the imminent illegal collection of absentee ballots that your office intends to perform tomorrow through your so-called Democracy in the Park campaign. So they're trying to stop uh, the city of Madison, it looks like, from uh, collecting these uh, absentee ballot, uh, these uh, absentee ballot drop-off boxes. But it says right here, uh, Wisconsin law already provides for numerous readily available methods uh, for all voters to return their completed absentee ballots uh, by no- the November 3, 2020 statutory deadlines. Uh, if we skip down here, it says uh, further... Voters may also deposit their completed absentee ballots in authorized drop boxes, which must be secured and locked at all times to protect ballot integrity. Uh, See Wisconsin Election Commission Administrator Megan Wolf, who is currently uh, under subpoena by Michael Gableman, absentee ballot drop box information. We wholeheartedly support voters 
use of any of these convenient, secure, and expressly authorized ballot return methods. So here you have someone representing uh, Rhino Speaker Robin Voss and apparently also the State Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald in saying that they wholeheartedly support voters' use of any of these drop boxes. So basically, Robin Voss, as Speaker of the House, gives a pass on these drop boxes and says that they support them, okay? So don't take up these drop boxes because, uh, as you can see, even the Speaker of the House supports it. Now, in, uh, in a, a similar document, uh, we actually have further confirmation of that coming from one enemy of the nation, um, progressive lawyer, liberal, uh, Mark Elias. And I'm sure all of you guys remember him from his work with uh, the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign in creating the, uh, the Trump dossier that has since been um, uh, admitted to be a fake document. Okay. And that's in the court of law documents, not out of my mouth. Uh, but Mark Elias, uh, who found himself involved in uh, Wisconsin state politics and elections, uh, sent out this letter uh, whenever it was decided by the Supreme Court that it was illegal to have, it was unconstitutional and illegal to have drop boxes. So he sends a response, Mark Elias does. And in that response, Mark Elias uh, leans back on the approval of Speaker of the House, Robin Voss, in accepting these drop boxes in the 2020 election, as noted here on page number five, if I'm not mistaken. Here we go. Uh, it says here, now this is from Mark Elias in response to the Supreme Court uh, declaring drop boxes as unconstitutional. It says, in late September, for example, Wisconsin State Assembly Speaker Robin Voss and Wisconsin State Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald publicly emphasized that they wholeheartedly supported voters' use of authorized drop boxes, which must be secured at all times to protect ballot integrity. These legislative leaders called drop boxes a convenient, secure, and expressly authorized absentee ballot return method and emphasized that such boxes were especially appropriate for emergencies during the COVID-19 global pandemic. So one begins to see that uh, Robin Voss, as a rhino, has kind of been batting for the other team to begin with. And then it becomes a little bit easier to understand why Robin Voss has uh, basically planted his heels in the dirt and resisted any type of investigation or audit. At least it was until too late, you know. But wait, ladies and gentlemen, there is more. In fact, since this time, it has come out that Robin Voss might have even more involvement with this decision to allow these unconstitutional drop boxes to be utilized during the 2020 election. So at this point, ladies and gentlemen, what we're finding is not only did Rhino Speaker Robin Voss approve with a whole heart the usage of these drop boxes, but he was actually more involved in organizing for their utilization. Now, a brand new report from Wisconsin representative, um, uh, his name is uh, Timothy Rantham, has uh, been released. Let's take a look at this, guys. Now, 
this this should be uh, a good enough evidence that uh, Speaker Robin Voss is indeed a rhino, and uh, Mr. C doesn't just call him that for you know hoots and hollers. Uh, but he was he was very much in bed with making sure that this system rolled out, which makes me kind of wonder if he received any kind of I don't know remission for that. Did he uh, did he get uh, any Zuckerbucks for that? Hmm, that's a good question. Let's see what uh, Tim- Timothy Rantham's report has to say about that. Uh, it says here that uh, uh, State Representative Timothy Rantham released the following statement regarding facts surrounding election integrity efforts. It says, I was very pleased by Judge Michael Boren's ruling on 113 that absentee drop ballot drop boxes and ballot harvesting are not permitted in state law. Uh, Judge Boren also ruled that the Wisconsin Elections Commission guidance documents on absentee ballot drop boxes issued in 2020 should have gone through the rules process. The Legislative Audit Bureau's report identified 28.7% of municipal clerks all across Wisconsin used illegal drop boxes in the 2020 election. On November 27, 2020, prior to the certification of the election results, a lawsuit was filed against the WEC by the AMOS Center for Justice and Liberty, the Amos Center for Justice and Liberty. This lawsuit sought to stop certification of the results due to the infusion of funding from the Center for Tech and Civic Life, which enabled the illegal use of over 500 voter drop boxes and infringed upon uh, a 687-6 state law, state statute, in all 72 counties under Wisconsin Election Commission guidance on August 19, 2020. The lawsuit rightly claimed that only the legislative body has the sole authority to create election law and that the Wisconsin Election Commission may only enforce existing law. Legislative leadership at the time, Senator Fitzgerald and Speaker Voss, approved the use of these illegal drop boxes, but this did not meet due process requirements from the full legislative body to enable the legal use of them. This led to a resolution proposed by Republican Party of Wisconsin at the state convention asking for the speaker's resignation on June 25th, 2021. Upon a more extensive review of the case, it was discovered that the Dropbox effort was organized by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agent Security Agency, CISA. CISA was present at Senator Bernier's press conference alongside the Center for Election Innovation and Research. CISA worked in conjunction with other national organizations like the CTCL and the CEIR, but the most concerning of note is the National Conference of State Legislators, which promoted CISA's campaign of illegal drop boxes on October 2nd, 2020. NCSL's president at the time was the Speaker of Wisconsin State Assembly, Robin Voss, who later appointed a special counsel investigation into the 2020 election under a contract that states the findings may only be reported to himself. Now that is a bombshell and a half, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, we did not know that CISA was involved 
with Wisconsin and getting these drop boxes um, used in states. It, it, it boggles my mind because CISA, again, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, was a brand new agency that was created by President Trump himself to ensure that elections maintain their integrity and that they were indeed secure and accurate, guys. So it boggles my mind. Now, we all know what happened to the uh, to the chair or the president of CISA. He was later fired by President Trump, guys, uh, because he said that uh, it was the most accurate and safe and secure election in the history of America. He was fired. He was summarily fired. Now, it's even more disheartening to note that CISA was actually working with the Center for Tech and Civic Life. That's the same organization that's been in the spotlight since, you know, people who've been knowing about this. Uh, We reported on CTCL like last year, months ago, ladies and gentlemen, and now they are actually the subject. They are the prime focus of Michael Gableman's investigation into Wisconsin. So uh, just knowing that CISA was in bed with CTCL, the guy, the Zuckerbucks people, like uh, that's, that's, uh, that's jaw dropping for me, guys. Uh, That's like, wow, like uh, these guys were all in bed with each other, but they're focusing on this NCSL organization, the National Conference of State Legislatures. Now through them... Um, we have, uh, we have, uh, CISA promoting CTCL. Okay. They were all in bed with each other. It is, it is preposterous. What is going on here? And Robin Voss, Robin Voss was the president of that organization. So do we see now why this rhino has been digging his heels into election investigations and audits? Because he was he was part of the very manufacturing of this plan and initiating it across all 50 states at the behest of these individuals. Let's finish up this uh, this uh, report from uh, Representative Rantham. Connecting further dots, we also discovered the director for Wisconsin uh, Legislative Council, uh, Anne Sap- Sappenfield, is also a member of NCSL's executive committee since 2006. It was Legislative Council's memo to Senator Bernier that said, we cannot reclaim our 10 electors. I pray my colleagues embrace the light of these truths and pursue their dutiful constitutional obligations for we the people. Dang. Uh, now, uh, the report... Uh, Also states, in conjunction with Representative Rantham's latest press release attached to this email, we have included the following evidence to qualify our statements on uh, let there be light number five. Now, this is talking about... um, it's talking about the Wisconsin Election Commission and uh, CISA and uh, the uh, National... uh, Let me get that that right. National Conference of State Legislators. Uh, This is the lawsuit presented in full, which comes with the claims the lawsuit presented to the court along with the exhibits that validate their claims. It is relevant to note its findings were made prior to the electors being certified and in a reasonable time where latches should not apply. While reading in its uh, entirety is preferred as its findings are very telling, our presser observed the following. So again, this, this is going back to that, um, to that lawsuit where they're trying to get the drop boxes off. Uh, we have section B, number two, and page seven, number three, uh, make the very same claim as our resolution on that we have pl- we have plenary power under the United States Constitution to reclaim ballots, okay? Uh, so uh, again, guys, a lot of uh, a lot of organizations were at work here ensuring that Wisconsin got certified for Biden. 
You know, we had people in Wisconsin standing up against it. We had members of the NCSL telling them that they couldn't. We had CISA working with them while declaring it to be a secure and trustworthy election in 2020. It's just, it is insane, guys. It is insane. Okay, so we're not going to read through all of these guys here. It talks about the Wisconsin Election Commission, the involvement of CISA and the NCSL. And that is uh, pretty much that on that, guys. So what we see here is a clear picture of why we call Robin Voss a rhino. Okay, and this, uh, this here is actually from the National Conference of State Legislatures, uh, showing Robin Voss's pretty little face as president of the organization, right? That takes us to this photo, guys. Another rhino, another man in an airplane with President Trump. Think back to, uh, think back to uh, that photo with uh, President Trump and uh, A.G. Brnovich, guys. Kind of a bookend for tonight. Okay, think back to that, guys. Now, Robin Voss kind of changed his tune on election uh, election investigations and audits. We got Michael Gableman on the case now. It worked with Robin Voss. Will it work with A.G. Brnovich? Has Robin Voss turned over a leaf? Is he uh, seeking redemption? Well, I guess that is uh, yet to be seen, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, uh, we got to allow them to have that moment, guys. You know, they could they could walk back into the sunlight. They may not remain as uh, rhinos. And uh, I mean, you know, you never know. They could turn over a leaf. They could most definitely turn over a leaf, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't know if that's what Robin Voss is going to do. Uh, I mean, we'd also have to see exactly uh, what he's going to do uh, once Michael Gableman finishes that that investigation. So far, Voss has been supportive. But he was very much involved in the uh, infrastructure of getting those drop boxes into Wisconsin at a national level, not just at a state level. So uh, that's some food for thought, ladies and gentlemen. That is most definitely some food for thought. Uh, We have the final story for tonight, guys. And this one is the important, the big one. This one's very, very important, guys. And uh, we're coming up on a break at Twitch. So uh, we're going to put a pause on here for a moment. Before we get into Kat Kamak, representative out of Florida... Uh, thank you all for joining us again. If you're hanging out there at uh, um, Pilled or at Twitch or uh, Clout Hub or any of the uh, platforms that we're hanging out on. Um, I see uh, we had a, oh, Speaking Easy donated some uh, gold pills over to uh, the show. Thank you again, sir. His stream is probably already live. I'll probably hop over once I'm done. What were you guys talking about? Uh, oh, we guys. Oh, I left you guys in Texas, it seems to be like. Oh, well, you know. That's good and just dandy here. Now I'm waiting for this commercial to play over at uh, waiting for this commercial to play over at the uh, Twitch platform. She should be firing up in just a minute, guys. But uh, yeah, man, like that. That's a uh, that's some pretty crazy stuff about Voss. But uh, this election integrity stuff, um, 
It, it's, it is the most important thing, guys. We do not have a country. We do not have freedom if we do not have our ability to, uh, to vote. I mean, it is one of the most coveted uh, things on this planet, right? Okay, so uh, when is this commercial here going to run? Oh look, I got um I got uh I got a note over from someone at Twitch. Now, I let's just clear this up uh so that this way uh you you I don't uh, our people are like I don't understand people. So uh, this person says um who is this fake CTV? Okay. Uh critically thinking veteran is the only CTV on politics. Uh, uh someone under a different name and that's my thing about having a uh, avatars and fake names and stuff is they don't have the guts uh to put their own face and name out there um mctv guys okay i get it they're they're like we're gonna tell we're gonna tell critically thinking veteran about your show and your channel mctv or mrctv um uh, my channel is not mrctv it is mr ctv with a period Okay, there is a difference. We are not the Media Research Center TV. I respect those people. They do a good job. Uh, but uh, even my uh, tagline, they are MRC TV. They're not even in the chat room anymore. I guess it doesn't matter. They are MRC TV, not CTV. They're not uh, cert, uh, Center Television. They're, they're the Media Research Center Television. Uh, there's a difference. They are MRC. We are Mr. CTV. Anyways, I guess this commercial is not going to come. So let's go ahead and just go ahead and move on with the uh, story here, guys, the show. This is the last story, like I said. Now, um, for those of you still watching us live and anyone who's catching the replay, this is a very, 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 you know, it's like uh, red alert, red alert, four alarm, four alarm, fire, uh, get, you know, the building, the house is on fire. Okay. All right. This is how important this is. Um, so, again... Like I said at the head of the episode, we have the uh, capital switchboard number posted above us uh, for ease of access to our representatives if we want to give them a phone call. Now, this is an election integrity story, guys. This has directly to do with our election integrity. So what has happened, what has developed is apparently on Thursday the 13th, the Democrats got together. And they, uh, the, the House, they voted on a bill. The bill was H.R. Uh, 4567. No, I think it's 5467. H.R. 5467. And what that is, 57, 5746. Okay, that is the correct number. Now, um, H.R. 5746, ladies and gentlemen, is a, a NASA funding type of bill. That's right. It is a bill that has to do with NASA. Okay. And, and how the money is going to flow, whatever. Okay. The important thing to note here is that the Democrats have gutted that bill and they have put the language of HR1 and HR4 into that bill. And on Thursday, they passed it in the House. Red alert, red alert. Now, this is something that I don't think I've seen in my lifetime or heard about. Now, we've heard about, uh, we've heard about uh, so-called representatives voting on a bill that they haven't read. 
Uh, we've heard about so-called representatives uh, piggy-earing or, um, um, uh, you know, uh, their own uh, legislature into bills to kind of you know, pass them through so people don't realize what they're doing. You know, we, we'll, get a, we'll get a bill or a law going on one subject and they've earmarked it with, uh, you know, other bills to try and get it to pass. We've heard about that. But have we ever heard about any legislative body totally gutting an old bill who's, uh, who had not expired yet for consideration and putting an entirely different bill in it and maintaining, retaining the original title of that bill, okay? The Democrats have done this. And uh, thanks to Representative Kat Kamek out of Florida... She sounded the alert, guys, and uh, we only picked this up today. Um, we're going to watch a video of uh, Representative Kamek talking about exactly what she witnessed and what's going on in uh, our, our, in our, the seat of our government, the, what these people are doing up on Capitol Hill. It is absolutely um, appalling that these guys are doing this. It's, it's, it is insane. So uh, check this out, guys. Uh, let's listen to what Kat has to say to, uh, to the people of Florida and the people of this nation. It is a whopper, and it definitely dropped my jaw to the floor. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, guys. Uh, Congresswoman Kat Kamek here. And I just left the floor of the House of Representatives. And I am walking back to the office. And I wanted to give you guys an update about what just happened. The Democrats just voted to take over our elections. And... <laughs> to basically ensure that they have control of our elections forevermore. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown on what happened, what is in this bill, the so-called voting rights bill, and what comes next, because that's really important, but then what you can do about it. This is really important, so just bear with me. I'm going to run through this. Uh, first and foremost, share this video because we have got to get the word out to everybody. That is important. We've got to share what happened because the media is not going to cover this. So today, the House of Representatives, just now, I was on there and I was casting a hell no, ba a hell no ballot, voted to federalize our elections. You're probably wondering, what does that mean? They took two bills, two dangerous bills, H.R. 1, before the Politicians Act, and H.R. 4, and created a love child. They took an old NASA bill and gutted it and then tucked all of this egregious language into the NASA bill. So it was like NASA Infrastructure Act or something. It has nothing to do with NASA. We are not giving voting rights to Martians today. Even though what we voted on was a NASA bill, it was actually a federal takeover of elections. That right there ought to tell you if they cannot even name the bill they have to gut another bill and then tuck their egregious, horrific language into it. That tells you that they're trying to hide something. Let me tell you what was in this bill. So I'm sorry I'm sitting out. I'm out here on the sidewalk, so it's a little bit loud. But like I said, I wanted to tell you guys what happened immediately because um, we knew this was coming. And we knew that it was going to pass the House. So really, really important that you guys know what's in the bill. 
and then the next step. So within this bill, and there's a ton, but the things that you need to know that are the most egregious are that it is 100% a mechanism to strip states' rights to enforce voter ID laws. So that means you would not be required to show a, a photo ID to register to vote or to actually vote. No more ID. You have to have an ID to get on an airplane. You got to have an ID to drive a car. You have to have an ID to buy alcohol. You got to have an ID to buy cigarettes. But you no longer need a photo ID to vote in an election. Think about that. So that is in this bill, and that is what just passed the House. Also in this bill is ballot harvesting. Third-party groups that are paid for by political entities and political parties now can collect ballots and then turn them in. Now, we all know that ballot harvesting, uh, harvesting is a breeding ground for fraud, and this bill actually makes it so that states cannot ban ballot harvesting. Huge problem. The other thing, it allows non-citizens to vote. This bill allows non-citizens to vote. Think about what's happening. Think about the travesty that is happening at our Southwest border. 1.7 million just last year, and it's getting worse. I talked to Border Patrol agents just yesterday. It is getting worse. Non-citizens under this bill can vote. The other thing that I think is the most egregious the most egregious, and this is why I need you guys to help me spread the word about this. And I'm gonna use AOC as an example. This is public financing of campaigns. And you're probably like, what does that mean? I don't, I, why is that a problem? Let me tell you why that's a problem. Because the way this bill is written, you now, and you being the taxpayer, me being a taxpayer, we are on the hook for a six to one match, and I'm sorry, there's a fire engine coming, so hold on one second. Fill up this fire engine away. So we are now on the hook for a six to one match for donations to politicians that are $200 or less. And you're probably like, well, why does that matter, Kat? Let me put this in perspective. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, from New York, the original squad member, the one who's pushing the democratic socialist agenda. She raised last election $21 million. $21 million is what she raised. Almost 19 million of that was from donations of $200 or less. Let me repeat that. AOC raised roughly 19 million. It was about 18 million eight hundred ninety-three thousand and one hundred and two dollars. I'm doing this off the top of my head because I'm standing out here on, on the sidewalk talking. Um, almost 19 million dollars in a single election she raised from donors that was two hundred dollars or less. So that's a lot of people, right? What does that mean for us now under this bill? Which again, there's still a process. So just because it passed the House doesn't mean that it has gone to the Senate and it's already law. So just Hold on. The thing that you need to know is when you have a politician like AOC who raises approximately $19 million in what is called small dollar donations, that puts us in a six to one match, which means you and me 
We don't agree with her. We don't like her. But now we are on the hook to finance her campaign to the tune of $113 million. $113 million. If you have $113 million in your re-election campaign, you're going to be in Congress forever. You hear the Democrats talk about how they want to get money out of politics. This puts way more money into politics. This is why they are the party of do as I say, not do as I do, because their actions are 180 degrees opposite of what they are saying. They are not for the people. They are for themselves. They are for the D.C. bureaucrats and the politicians, and we know it. This bill is not just about our elections. It is about ensuring that their liberal progressive agenda is about dependency and control. When you think about it, they have this social justice warrior mindset that is all about putting programs in place that aren't hand ups, right? They're handouts, but these handouts just aren't welfare, right? These are traps. They are designed to trap people into poverty. They are designed to keep people suppressed. And when you look at this whole big thing that's going on, everything from their election takeover bills to the Build Back Broke plan, all of it, this is all about an agenda that is dependency and control. They make people dependent on government so they can control elections forevermore. And this bill is just one more step that they are taking. So you're wondering, this bill just passed the House. What the heck? What the heck happens next? Is it law? No, it is not law. Just because this bill has now passed the House does not mean that it is law. It now goes to the Senate. The Senate has got big problems. So you have probably been hearing in the news about Chuck Schumer and what is going on with Chuck Schumer. So Chuck Schumer has to blow up the filibuster in order to pass this bill. Keep in mind, the, the filibuster is what protects the rights of the minority. Right now, the minority are the Republicans. The Democrats, when they were in the minority, used the filibuster just as recently as 2020, 323 times. Now they hate the filibuster. Isn't that funny? It's funny. When, when the shoe's on the other foot, they kick and scream. Oh my gosh, it's the worst thing in the world. Even though they are the most egregious users of it. So now that it has gone to the Senate, you're like, okay, the bill goes to the Senate. What happens? Chuck Schumer's got problems. In order to pass this, he's got to blow up the filibuster. Does he have the votes? No. He does not have the votes in the Senate. And it is now our job to make sure he never gets the votes. So you're asking me, what can we do? Is all lost? No, all is not lost. Are we pissed off? Yes, but all is not lost. What this means now is that we have to get on the phones. We need to go to Senate.gov. Look up your senators. These are your senators in Washington. We're not talking about our state capitals, not your state senators. Do not call your congressmen or women. Call your state senators. It doesn't matter if you're in Montana or Florida or in New York or in Texas. Every state has two senators. So that means you have two phone calls to make. You get to call your senators and you get to tell them that one, you want the filibuster to stay in place. Two, you want them to vote no on the so-called Voting Rights Act. It's not a Voting Rights Act, it's a voting freedom. That's what this bill is. So that is the marching orders here. Call your senators and tell them in their Washington DC offices that you do not want them to support the so-called Voting Rights Act. When you call them, you give them your name, you give them your phone number, you tell them you're a resident of the state, whatever state you're in. You tell them you want a response. 
because it's very important to tell your representatives that you want a response. If you don't tell them explicitly, I want a response, they're never going to respond to you. So give them a way to communicate back to you, be it a phone number, be it an email, an address for snail mail, doesn't matter. But the important thing is, is that you go to Senate.gov, you look up who your senators are, you call their Washington, D.C. offices, and you tell them, absolutely, hell no, we do not want this bill. We want our constitutional, constitutional elections as our founding fathers envisioned them with the states determining the time and manner and place in which they're conducted. That is what we have to do. So that is what is up right now, guys. That is what is happening in Washington. This literally just happened. You're probably going to see a ton of stuff in the news about inflation and everything that's going on. But the important thing that is happening here is an attempt to take over our elections, which if we do that, we will never win another election. So it's important that we get involved, we get engaged. We cannot lose hope. We can never lose hope. That is very, very important. We have got to stay engaged. So so-called voting rights bill, everybody knows what it is. It's a NASA bill. You could say NASA bill and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's the voting rights bill because somehow they can't pass it under the name voting rights because we all know what they're trying to do. So they take and they got a NASA bill and they use that as the shell. Remember, guys, what this bill does. It publicly finances campaigns. It allows uh, non-citizens to vote. It encourages ballot harvesting. It strips voter ID requirements, all the things that are basic common sense American. This isn't even a Republican versus Democrat thing. This is an American thing. Every single person, regardless of your party affiliation, should want integrity in our elections. And that is why it's important that we get involved. Share this video, guys. Let's educate our friends, our neighbors, our families, our coworkers. Educate everybody on what is going on, what's in this bill, and how they can help. That is my ask of you today. It's Thursday, um, 13th. We have got a couple of days to get this done. Start calling today. Senate will be in through the weekend. Call them tomorrow. Call them through the weekend. They're trying to get this done in time for MLK Day next week. Let's make sure that we honor the memory of Martin Luther King by protecting a system that guarantees equal opportunity for every single American, not equal outcome. This bill does anything but that. Let's make sure that we preserve our elections. Thank you guys so much. Share the video. I'll be keeping you updated. Take care. God bless. Whoa, that's really scary, guys. That's really scary. Did we make it in time? Oh, man, we are going to find out, I'm sure. Now, how dirty rotten is that, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my days. Like, I mean, okay, okay. Like, let's, let, we're bringing this to a close here. Uh, but this is, uh, this is that bill. Now, I guess they have now changed it to the H.R. 5746 Freedom to Vote, or the John R. Lewis Act is what they're calling it, um, to perform a search later uh, earlier. Let's see, we'll, we'll, we'll just do that real quick. I already forgot what it was called. H.R. what? H.R. 5746. Okay, H.R. 5746. I can't, I mean, literally, guys, they... It was under an entirely different name, okay? Like an entirely different name. Oh, there's there's they're a scrubbing over here on this internet. Let me tell you what. Okay, so uh, it was originally this NASA enhanced use leasing. Let's see here. 
NASA Enhanced Use Leasing Extension Act of 2021. Uh, now over at uh, whitehouse.gov and all those in, uh, websites, they are putting in the Freedom to Vote John R. Lewis Act. Why are they doing that? Well, on Thursday, when this was going through, um, they didn't. there was still the NASA Enhanced Use Leasing Extension Act, okay? It, it, that is insane. Okay, so I guess since uh, they're closer to their deadline, they went ahead and started changing the names of this. So now you're seeing this whole uh, Freedom to Vote or the John R. Lewis Act. Uh, but that entire deception is what they did to get this ball rolling. I guess once it passed the house, they were okay with it. Um, and uh, let's see here. Uh, text of it. Uh, the text has been okay. It says, uh, yeah, so they've, uh, they've went ahead and they've changed the name of it. This act may be cited as the Freedom to Vote John R. Lewis Act, and it talks about just what she was going on about Representative uh, Kamek, um, election modernization, administration, automatic voter registration, uh, election day is legal public holiday, promoting internet registration, same day voter registration, uh, funding supporting uh, to states for compliance. Of course, they're going to give you money if you comply. Access to voting with, for individuals with disabilities, early voting, but it goes through the whole thing. This is everything that uh, this is everything that we have been fighting against since uh, they they rolled out with HR one. Okay, HR one got shot down. HR four got shot down, and they hid it under a different title. And I guess now that it's in the Senate, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens here. I don't think they have any updates here about that. Um, but nevertheless, uh, you know, uh, we got this late, guys. We got this late. Um, I, I, I would still call, guys. I called after once I saw this today before I got on. I would still call and let them know just in case they didn't get this done in time for Martin Luther King Day. Just in time. Uh, good luck with that, Pilled by the Rabbit. He says, uh, crap, I need to write my senators, Mitt Romney and Mike Lee. Well, I mean, Mike Lee's probably going to say no anyways. Mitt Romney, good luck with that. <laughs> I, I dare you to tell him to, to, uh, to uh, respond, Pilled by the Rabbit. <laughs> but anyways, guys, so there you have it. They have, they have the language, the text of this uh, this um this treasonous law then this is this is what they want this is what they need that's why they're trying to end the filibuster even though they'll employ it when they need it uh so uh you can you can look over the rest of the language of this bill if you'd like at another time but that guys is insane ladies and gentlemen i am just besides myself on that one uh, how sneaky they are the only thing i got to say is like maybe the light will come out on this and people will see how they uh, managed to get this through the house. Um, and uh, I don't know. They'll see exactly, exactly how corrupt they are. It is beyond corruption, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in tonight to the C-Report. Your attendance and your presence is always appreciated. Uh, thank you, uh no, no, well, lock. No, oh, wait, no, no, well, okay. That's what it says, right? Thank you, no, no, well, okay, uh, for uh, accept, uh, for uh, tossing your cookie. <laughs> we'll, we'll accept that cookie um, um, most uh, gratefully over here at the Sea Report. And um, uh, no, no, well, okay. It's just, 
I hope no one peer pressured you into donating that cookie. No, no. Well, okay. <laughs> anyway, no, it's just a joke with you. It's just a play with your name. You guys have a great night. Thank you again for being in attendance here tonight. Uh, let me go ahead and release that uh, scratching thing that they talk about here now and then. And don't you know, we'll be back tomorrow with another report for you guys as we go over uh, uh, headlines and uh, current events as curated by your host here. That's me, Mr. C. Uh, Till then, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a great Great night. Uh, be safe wherever you are. And well, you know, like I say, be safe and be blessed. And God bless America. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs>